Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time, it's time for the Rip City Drive. Rip City. The Rip City Drive with Travis Demers and Chad Dewing on your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. Good afternoon, a happy Wednesday to you, the 28th day of June 2017. Chris Paul is on the move. He is shipped to Houston for Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, DeAndre Liggins. The, the first changing round landscape pick. for the Western Conference, Man. Travis. Yo, we, we wanted there to be some competitive balance in the West, at least somebody that can compete with the Golden State Warriors. And arguably the best point guard in the NBA, the best two-way point guard in the NBA, is now on the move to Houston to join who was essentially one of the best point guards in the NBA in James Harden. Yeah, I think the big question, and there's so many different layers to this, and we're going to touch on all of them today. But I think the big question in my mind and a lot of people's mind is why? Why would Chris Paul leave L.A., a town that he loves, on a team that made him the face of the franchise, a team that can pay him the most money why would he want to get out of there? What went on? What's the situation? And it goes back a few weeks ago, and you remember this. We talked about it, and we played it on the air. It's phenomenal. Uh, Big Baby, who played for the Clippers. He was under Doc Rivers, played for him in Boston. He took time out of his trip in Hawaii to address Doc Rivers' son, Austin Rivers. Now, let's go back and listen to this and keep this in mind. I now think, after reading and having a better understanding of the things I I do today, that I think Big Baby wasn't just going crazy here. I think his attitude toward Austin Rivers uh, might give you a better idea of how more veterans in the locker room feel about Doc and the relationship with his son. Here's Big Baby a few weeks ago on his vacation in Hawaii taking time out to address Austin Rivers. I'm in Hawaii minding my own business. And I look on Undisputed and I see old punk-ass Austin Rivers talking Come on, man. Yeah, I might have been overweight a little bit. Probably late for one or two practices. Come on, man. Don't know the plays? Come on, bro. You're lying now, bro. Now you're f***ing lying. Come on now, man. Now that's a f***ing lie. Second of all, your father gave you your money. How can you, like, don't say shit to me. Your father gave you your money. You ain't work for it. Uh, f- type of I was there. I seen you at practice. You didn't give a f- thinking you all that wearing them tight ass pants. And, you know, your father gave you all that money so you can go wear those tight ass pants. But keep your f-ing mouth closed, man. Shut up, man. You're a f-ing bum who's been given the world. Shut up and just stay under your father. He's a bum who wears expensive tight pants. Yes. So here's the theory that's being discussed around the league right now in terms of why Chris Paul is on his way to Houston. And, and, and we'll see what you think about this, Travis. But it all comes down to Austin Rivers. The players, according to reports, the veteran players, they did not like the way that they believe Doc Rivers handled his son and treated him differently than other players. Sounds familiar, right? Yep. Seahawks, Richard Sherman, Russell Wilson, and Pete Carroll. 
Well, the players apparently went to Austin and said, hey, we don't like how you handle your business. This is the way we like to do things, and this is what's expected of you. And that would make sense because Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, these are respected vets in the NBA. Yeah. Well, apparently, Austin didn't really care too much for what they had to say, and he kind of brushed them off. Well, on top of that, last summer, your New York Knicks, they called up the Clippers and said, look, we want to make a deal. We'll send you Sasha Vujicic and Carmelo Anthony in exchange for Paul Pierce, Jamal Crawford, and Austin Rivers. Now, keep in mind, we know this. Melo and Chris Paul are close. They're very tight. Yeah. Well, Doc Rivers turned that deal down. And apparently, ever since that moment, Chris Paul's like, wow. Not down with Doc Rivers. And if he's not willing to deal his son for what's better for the franchise, this is not a place where I want to be. I mean, Travis, when that deal was made for Austin Rivers, back in the day, when he gave his son all that money, you and I and everyone else rolled our eyes like, what the flip? Oh, that's his dad making the contracts. Of course. It makes sense. It's his dad. Is Austin Rivers worth, what, uh, $11.9 million next year or $12.7 million the year after that? Absolutely not. No. He's not worth anywhere near that. He's a pretty good defensive point guard, but he's not a a big-time difference maker. And Paul Doc Rivers, for the longest time, has been considered like the uh, the player whisperer. He deals well with stars. He's well-respected around the league. But that's one way to get stars to be turned off. When you're showing preferential treatment to your son and then you're not willing to execute a deal for Melo because you don't want to trade your son, well, that's not going to go well in the locker room. So that's the leading reason that's being floated out there right now as to why Chris Paul went to the Clippers and said, hey, just so you know, I'm not coming back. I'm either going to sign with the Rockets in free agency or we can facilitate a trade right now. And so the Clippers were able to put together this deal, which includes a first-round pick, multiple players. They get something in return for Chris Paul, who was going to walk and go to the Rockets to play with James Harden, regardless of what they said or what they did. Well, look, if that's the case, if that's really went down, it, it makes sense. You think about it from a human standpoint, right? You're an NBA player. You've got a big ego. You don't get to that point if you don't have a big ego. But you're not treated fairly, and you don't feel like your team is put into a position to win because your coach slash general manager wants to keep his son, who is an average at best player in the league, happy, and it's holding you back from having success. It's not Little League, okay? We have all either seen or been on a team or our kids have been on a team where the coach's kid gets preferential treatment when there's clearly somebody better, and maybe that this coach's kid isn't terrible, but he's not great. Maybe Yeah, you know, and it's annoying, too. It, it is, and it brings everybody else down, and it, and it causes there to be tension, unnecessary tension. Austin Rivers last year was not terrible. He started 29 games, played in 74, averaged 12 points, three assists, and a little over two rebounds. It's not a bad role player. But for $12 million, it's a terrible role player. And if you can move that, for somebody like Carmelo Anthony, when you your franchise has no history, you've never been to the finals, you've never even been to the conference finals. And when you can add someone who is a bona fide 25-point-a-game guy to a team that has Chris Ball, who makes everybody around him better, and DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin, if you think about those four guys in the starting lineup together, that is a dynamite team. And if your coach and general manager is not willing to do that because, well, I can't trade my son, you don't want to be around that. Exactly. 
Doc Rivers' main job is to be the Clippers head coach and their general manager to make decisions that are the best for the team. In that role, being a dad to Austin, who happens to be on your team, is secondary. So that's one possibility. There are other ideas out there as well. Uh, Apparently, according to reports from the L.A. Times, the Clippers weren't exactly excited about giving Chris Paul the fifth year on that Supermax because of his age right now, which is 32. He'd be around 38 years old when that contract is in its final year. So that could be an issue. And maybe Chris Paul, Travis, maybe he looked at it and said, Four years in L.A. with the Clippers, we're not going anywhere. Or four years in Houston with James Harden or somewhere else. Maybe he looked at it like that. Or maybe it's just as simple as looking at your team and saying, Blake Griffin's got injury problems. DeAndre Jordan's a liability at times on offense. We're not going to be able to compete with the Warriors. I want to go somewhere and start fresh and finish up in a city where I've got a chance to contend before the end of my career. It could be all of that, but it looks like, there were some definite dynamics within that locker room that were not going well for Doc Rivers and the Clippers. Now, I, I've never claimed to be a mathematician, Chad, but you think about it, five years in L.A. at $40 million per year with the very, very high state income tax as opposed to four years in Texas at $40 million a year, the, the state income tax that you are saving in, in Houston is going to come pretty close to that extra year that you would have made anyway. It's significant, and it's not just the income that he gets from playing basketball, but it's also the income from all of his endorsements. That that 13.3% is devastating. I live down there. You you look at your, uh, your, your paycheck, and you're like, holy crap, I'm paying over 40% of my income in taxes between state and federal? No, it's not worth it. So he'll get some of that money back in state taxes. So I give the Clippers credit, Travis. They got something in return for, uh, for Chris Paul. They got something. And it could have very easily been nothing. But when they finally got the decision that he was going to bolt, they yeah. went out and made a move and got some quality players in return. And then more importantly, moving forward, as early as next summer, they could have a ton, a ton of money coming off the books. And they've got a great pitch man in Jerry West. So this year you would expect the Clippers to, uh, to have an off year. But in the very near future with some of that money, they could have a quick bounce back now that Jerry West is there to help advise. Yeah, and again, with the Clippers, though, you think about that, Chad, and all that money coming off the books. This is what they have under contract for not this upcoming season, but the season after. Jamal Crawford at $14.5 million, Wesley Johnson at $6.1 million, and then a team option on Bryce Johnson for $1.4 million. So, yes, they are going to have... And what, DeAndre Jordan could opt out as well. Yes, it, that's what I'm saying, under contract. Because yes. he, he, he has a a, a, t, a player option for $24 million. Austin Rivers has a player option for $12.6 million. So the only thing they absolutely have under contract, Jamal Crawford, Wesley Johnson, and then a team option there for Bryce Johnson, they're going to have a ton of money. But if that's all you have on your roster, and obviously they will have other players, we'll see what happens this year. But is that enough at that point to say we can give LeBron James all the money that he wants or Russell Westbrook all the money that he wants? Is that much flexibility with no roster starting from scratch, essentially, with no depth? Is that enough to entice one of those guys to come over? Let me ask you a question. Would you trust Jerry West with that type of bankroll to be able to go out there and find players to come to L.A.? I would, and that's the only reason why I think that could work. Exactly. So, finally, when you when you think about the impact Chris Paul has had on the Clippers, what are they losing exactly now that he's going to Houston? Take a listen to this, Travis. And this was tweeted out by Ben Golliver earlier today. What are the Clippers losing? They have existed since 1971, Trav, 47 years. 
their six best seasons by win percentage, 2014, 2013, 2015, 2016, 2017, and 2012. Chris Paul arrived in 2012. They're one of the worst franchises I have ever seen. Their best basketball, their most prominent time came as soon as he arrived to town. They're losing yep. one of their great all-time players, and it will be tough for them this year to move on without Chris Paul because he's a great player, and yes, he demands a lot from his teammates, and he's a perfectionist, but he's a, one of the best ballers we've seen in quite some time. He's potentially the most important clipper of all time. Yeah. I, yes. And that's not saying much considering the franchise. Sure. But he's probably the most prominent clipper of all time. And when you lose a player like that, there's there's pains. There's shockwaves that are going to be felt. All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Mitch Lawrence once again. One of the best in the business. We'll get his perspective on Chris Paul. And also Phil Jackson finally on his way out in New York. It was one of the longest three years You're feeling good, ever. Aren't you? I am so happy about that. We'll talk to Mitch Lawrence coming up next. You've got the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on the Voice of Portland Sports, Rip City Radio. The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. You lollygag the ball around the end. You lollygag your way down the first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. You know what that makes you. Hurry. Lollygag. Back to the show, Travis and Chad on Rip City Radio. All right, 320. He is our East Coast player. You can hear him on Sirius XM and online at Forbes and Sporting News. On Twitter, at Mitch underscore Lawrence. Longtime NBA columnist Mitch Lawrence with the Rip City Drive. Travis and Chad. Mitch, always a pleasure, my friend. How are you guys? Doing all right? Oh, we woke up today and it was like, boom, boom, a couple of uh, massive shots around the NBA. Let's start with Chris Paul, Mitch. I mean, why do you think he wanted out of uh, L.A. and and wanted to join a different team? Well, I think they also didn't want to give him a fifth year. You know, that's a lot to invest in a guy who's not gotten used to the uh, conference finals. I think it was just time for them to, you know, go their separate ways. I mean, Chris Paul's been a phenomenal player for them in terms of regular season. They haven't had the sustained success ever until Chris Paul got there, what, 2011? So regular season-wise, they've been fine, but we all know the playoffs have been a disaster for them. Can't get, to, can't get out of the second round. Last couple of years, okay, Blake Griffin's been hurt. Can't get out of the first round once against Portland, once against Utah. It's time to move on, and I don't blame. If it's Jerry West who came in there and told Steve Ballmer, because Jerry West is now advising them, you can't give Chris Paul, Chris Paul a fifth year. We've got to move on. Good move. Well, you also have the DeAndre Jordan situation next year with his money coming off the books or him being a uh, him having an option. You've got Blake Griffin's option at this point. And if, if you look at next year when you might have two players under contract that are in contract right now, but all that room, is that enough for the Clippers to, to rebuild and attract big-name players if they just say, we can give you all this money, but you don't have anybody else to play with right now? My crystal ball doesn't go that far, gentlemen. I have no <laughs> idea what Jerry West and these guys are going to Doc Rivers. Who knows if Doc Rivers is going to be around after this coming season? That's true. We don't know about that, so we don't know. I mean, it's just for this shoe to drop is pretty significant because obviously it's a point guard-driven league. You guys know that. And to give up on Chris Paul is a huge deal. I don't know what they're going to do now. I mean, Pat Beverly's going out there. That's fine, but that doesn't get the job done. So they got a lot of revamping to do. And who knows, like I said, who knows if Doc Rivers is going to be out there coaching and being the president uh, after uh, next year. 
you know, Mitch, one of the questions with this trade now is how, how will two ball-dominant guys in Paul and Harden work on the floor? How do you see that playing out under Dan Tony? I'll tell you what. It's the <laughs> hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, that's what my reaction was, was the same thing yours is. Um, you know, you got D'Antoni, and Mike's very, very good offensively. I mean, he doesn't take a backseat to anybody, so I'm sure he's already gotten his mind that this can work. But for the rest of us, it seems like it's impossible. I mean, Chris Paul's got to be the point guard here, right? can't be the off guard he's got to be the point of guard with the ball in his hand so there's going to be adjustments I think the big thing is we're all wondering who the third player is going to be everybody thinks now they got a shot at Paul George I don't know how that's going to work I don't know if they have the pieces to go get Paul George if they have to get another team involved but anytime you go to war with Chris Paul and James Harden that is an amazing combination we'll just have to see who they add and how that plays out at this point with what they have now in the backcourt. Obviously, you, you lose some of your depth. And, and and again, we've seen in the NBA, depth does matter in the postseason. Maybe not your 10th guy in your roster, but your 6th and 7th guy certainly do. So is there enough depth on this team at this point? No, there's definitely not enough depth. But you know what? i got to give Daryl Morey some credit for going out and getting Chris Paul anyway. And we're going to see what he does in terms of getting that depth because you're right, they don't have enough depth. But like I said, everybody, the big thing is everybody's got to see what happens with Paul George if they go after him, if there's somebody else they have in mind to be part of their big three. It looks like they're moving that way. They've acquired a bunch of contracts today with that in mind, so we'll have to see how that uh, all plays out. It's fascinating, though. We're talking with the great Mitch Lawrence. Now, with Paul George, there's a lot of different possibilities out there, and I just want to get your thoughts. Boston could be after Paul George if they – uh, if Indiana's patient enough to wait until they can get Hayward in free agency, you've got the Lakers sitting there. They want right. Paul George, but they may not want to give up assets if he's willing to go there next year. But do they want to wait and take that risk? What do you think is going to happen here with Paul George? I'll tell you what, it's looking good for Kevin Pritchard. He's running the Pacers. And everybody thought they were dead, that they get nothing for Paul George. I mean, if you've got Boston and the Lakers who are competing for him and throw the Houston in there, Indiana's got to get something out of him, right? That's I true. Mean, Good point. But Boston, I mean, there's, there comes a point where Danny Ainge has to give away these solid gold assets that he has in these number one draft picks, whether they belong to Brooklyn, whether they belong to the Lakers and future, you know, Sacramento. One or two of those, a Jason Tatum. Come on. I mean, that's got to get the deal done. And then conversely, you know, the, the talk is Magic Johnson. I mean, he's got to look at uh, giving him Brandon Ingram. I mean, if you get – Paul George with Lonzo Ball, and then you're going to add possibly LeBron James after next season. You don't need Brandon Ingram. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know, with uh, with with what that means now for Boston, you mentioned them. They've they've got all those assets. I mean, did, 
does Gordon Hayward make sense there with free agency? And, and Isaiah Thomas in the big picture, does he stay? Good question on, on both. I mean, look, uh, from what I've heard, Gordon Hayward, his wife wants out of, out of Salt Lake City. He's looking to relocate. Obviously, Boston's interested. Miami's going to be interested in him. He's going to have his suitors. He'll look fine in Boston with Brad Stevens. We know that. He'll look even better if it's he and, you know, Paul, Paul George going forward. Um, so we'll have to see how it all shakes out. I mean, Boston, this looks like it's their big summer. Danny Ainge came out after the Jimmy Butler trade. We were all stunned they didn't make a move for Jimmy Butler. And he said that July is always the busiest time of year. I took that to mean he's going to be active. And even though they don't want to give up those first-round picks, I think they'll give them up if they have to, as long as Paul George gets, you know, tells them he'll sign an extension. It's not going to be a one-year rental to give up a ton of assets. We're talking with Mitch Lawrence here on the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. All right, what was your reaction to Phil Jackson and the Knicks mutually agreeing to part ways? Well, it's interesting. Anytime Jim Dolan makes a major move, he's the owner of the Garden, owner of the Knicks, it always comes out of left field. You can never get a reading on the guy. You never know what he's thinking because he doesn't make himself available. Um, but he, you know, so historically, I remember December 22nd of 2003, on, you know, right around Christmas time, he just decides I'm going to fire Scott Layden, hire Isaiah Thomas. So, you know, why did he go after Phil Jackson here and basically fire him? After four months ago saying Phil was going to be back and he'd, you know, serve out the last two years of his, uh, basically continue to work. I shouldn't say serve out. He was going to continue to work on the last two years of his contract and fulfill that, the five-year deal. Why now? Well, he's in a public war, uh, Phil, with Carmelo Anthony. That's foolish because Dolan is a Carmelo Anthony guy. Dolan was the one who engineered the trade, after all, with Denver in 2011 to bring Carmelo Anthony here. He's been at war with Kristaps Porzingis, which is dumb because everybody knows Porzingis is the guy of the future for this team. You don't want to alienate him. And then, you know, Phil, during the uh, draft workouts for prospects, he's falling asleep. Um, and that's one thing that Jim Dolan is not going to tolerate. Were there other things? Who knows? But you know what? Jim Dolan, at this point in time, he wants to get rid of Phil Jackson. Now he's got to go find – the thing that scares everybody, guys, is now he's got to bring in his successor. And things have been rough here for Nick fans under Jim Dolan. He doesn't make the, he doesn't make the right moves most of the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm well aware of that. I, I grew up in New York. I grew up going to the Garden. And I will, I will be a Knicks fan until the day I die, as, much as, as long as I've covered this team. But I've been in the Garden for the chance of fire late. I've been in the garden when people were calling out for Isaiah Thomas's head. And like you said, he never makes the right move. Is it possible for him to make the right move? Give me some hope here, Mitch. Yeah, right. Um, well, look, uh, he's looking for a guy like Masai Ujiri, who's done a nice job, a very good job at Denver and Toronto. He has a history with him because when Jim Dolan was going behind Donnie Walsh's back. Donnie Walsh was ostensibly his general manager, but Jim Dolan was the one who was conducting and engineering the Carmelo Anthony trade, orchestrating that. He was dealing with Masai Ujiri. They've made other deals before with Toronto, including for Bargnani a couple of years ago. So the Knicks have a track record with Masai Ujiri, and that's the guy they're apparently going after. David Griffin is a guy they're looking at, apparently. He could be considered formerly with the Cavs. Look, Jim Dolan's always into big names, whether it's Larry Brown, whether it's... Uh, Isaiah Thomas, whether it's Phil Jackson. Could he take a run at Jerry Colangelo? I don't think that's an impossibility at all. I'm not saying he's going to do it. That's something you have to keep in mind. I think that I'm going to give you a ray of hope this way. He isn't going to hire somebody who's been a coach, but he's never run a front office before. I would hope that Phil Jackson has learned his lesson. You can't bring in a guy with 11 rings who did it all coaching, right? 
and expect him to be an executive who knows what he's doing. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Pat Riley took some time, right, to get, get going in Miami and do what he did after having a great coaching career. So hopefully Dolan Hart learned his lesson. If Dolan doesn't learn his lesson, then you know what? There'll be more chaos and more dysfunction. Well, Mitch, you're around that franchise a lot. And, of course, you know how Dolan operates. It, is it possible that a situation like this that blew up so so badly in his face, that can it humble a guy like Dolan to the point no, where he might be able to? No, no. Nothing's going to humble Dolan. <laughs> he's going to do what he's going to do. Uh, he's a contrarian. He's going to go against the grain. I mean, that's one thing we've learned from Jim Dolan over the last, what, 17, 18 years, is that he's right and you're wrong. And that's the way it's going to be. So, um, you know, it's, it's, there's never anything that's humbling. He just pays people off. He's got vast amount of money. The wealth is incredible that he has. Uh, even if they don't make the playoffs, it really doesn't matter. Although four years in a row, I'm sure he's getting tired of not having some playoff crowds to make some additional cash. But, no, this is not going to be – I doubt if this is a humbling thing. Phil Jackson, after all, provided cover for Jim Dolan for three years. I think he'd like somebody like that again. If this doesn't work out, can we just lock him in a room with Charles Oakley for 20 minutes and say whatever happens, happens? <laughs> oh, boy, I'll tell you. That was the low point of the year. Uh, but it, it turned out it was weird because if you remember – by Oakley doing that, getting that crazy situation at the Garden, which was despicable on, on Dolan's part and the, and the Garden's part, but at least that, what, what did that do? That forced Jim Dolan to come out and talk about his team. And that's when he said he expected Phil Jackson to you know, fulfill the last two years of his contract, which didn't happen. So crazy stuff happens in New York. It's too bad. Nick fans deserve better. Haven't had a championship since 73. Have gotten out of the playoffs only once since like uh, 2000. So it's just been a long, terrible run here. He's on Twitter at Mitch underscore Lawrence. You can read him at Forbes and also the Sporting News or check him out on Sirius XM NBA. Hey, Mitch, it all gets underway Friday night at 9 here on the West Coast with free agency. We always love talking hoop with you, my man. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. And it's already started. I'll talk to you later. Oh, no Appreciate doubt. it. Wow. So many nuggets there. Let's start with the Knicks. That's your team. You love them, and I understand that. You grew up with them. I mean, do you have hope? Because here's my biggest concern. You get rid of Phil Jackson. That's a gift. You've got a chance to start fresh and and build this team around Porzingis and move in the right direction. Will he make the right hire? No. Will he he be content with making the right hire and not winning some stupid press conference? Look, you you think about all of the general managers and coaches – that this team has had in the last, oh, I don't know, 20 years or so. Yeah. Uh, Scott Layden was was terrible. I remember sitting at the the draft the year that LeBron James got drafted, the 2003 drafted at Madison Square Garden. And just randomly at points during the draft when the Knicks weren't up, there were a chance of a fire at Layden because Scott Layden was, was terrible. He was awful. So you bring in Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas was embarrassingly bad for the New York Knicks on more than one occasion. They brought him back again after the first time they hired Larry Brown, who was terrible there. They hired uh Kurt Rambis, who was a terrible coach there. Yeah. They, uh, Mike D'Antoni was just the wrong fit. They keep trying to, to run the triangle. Jeff Hornacek and uh, Derek Fisher, every single move that has been made while he is the owner has been a train wreck. They go out and they trade for Carmelo Anthony. And I know that he orchestrated that, like like Mitch Lawrence said. But you knew he was going to sign there in the offseason. So what do you do? Instead of just waiting for that to happen, 
you trade away half of your team. That included Timofey Mozgov and Tony Douglas and Wilson Chandler and Danilo Gallinari. And you gutted your team and you never gave Carmelo Anthony a chance to have any success because he was basically just coming in by himself. And then, oh, yeah, there was the two first-round picks for Andrea Bargnani. Every move that's been made has been disastrous. So I don't have confidence that he's going to bring in the right guy. Of those, of that group of potential hires, who would you like? Do you have a name yet, or do you need time to digest? Yajiri, obviously qualified. David Griffin is available. Is there anyone that you've pegged yet, or do you want time to let that one stew for a bit? I don't know if I trust Griffin, because what did he do? He had LeBron and basically did what LeBron asked. So I don't know if you can really gauge that. That's true, but there is something to be said about that type of pressure cooker and being forced to go out there and make maneuvers to put a roster around him. I like Ujiri and the job that, that he's done in Toronto, and he did a nice job in Denver. Well-respected around the league, too. Yeah, and, and you think about it, he's taken Toronto to their two best seasons in franchise history in the last two years, yeah. and he's done a nice job building that team. He'll have more to work with. Uh, he'll have more freedom in New York. Better market. Exactly. I think he would have a lot of success there. So If Dolan would hire him, maybe, and, and stay out of the way like he did with Phil, that might right. be a good scenario. Yeah, I think I think it would be. You just have to let him do his job. And if that could happen, I think it, it might take a little while. But if you could build around Porzingis, I like Willie Hernan Gomez, who's a, a young big man who only makes a couple of million bucks right now, still in his rookie deal. There, There's a possibility it could eventually work out. It's 334. Travis and Chad with you. I want to go back to Chris Paul and James Harden, and this goes back to the style and how that's going to work on the floor. So I'm going to ask you, how do you think, or in your mind, how do you see that playing out with two ball-dominant dudes on the floor together? Uh, It's tough because you have guys who want the ball. James Harden had the best season of his career when Mike D'Antoni moved him to point guard. Clearly the best year of his career. So you bring in someone who is an excellent facilitator, a very good defender. He can do a lot of things, and now you're taking the ball out of James Harden's hand. He had a shot at an MVP. That's now gone. That's not happening anymore. Are they going to be able to be on the same page all the time? And I I don't know if that's going to be able to work out because Harden hasn't had that type of point guard, but also if you know that Paul is going to be setting up Harden, and the offense will still generally revolve around Harden, with Chris Paul being the one who's making all that go. If there is a coach who can make that work, I think it's Mike D'Antoni. But there are a lot of things that still need to be figured out. Yeah, I I think it's a valid concern when you have two ball-dominant guys. Our producer, Eric, pointed this out earlier when I was talking to him about the trade. You have two guys who are great facilitators who are willing passers, so I think that will help. But also, the same concern came up last year with the Golden State Warriors after they signed Kevin Durant, Trav. You've got four guys. How are you going to find enough basketballs to get everyone their looks? And the answer is your your system, your coach. And Steve Kerr was able to um, get guys on the same page, make the next pass, and night to night you have different guys who can step up with the hot hand. Chris Paul is also a very good spot-up shooter off the ball. Harden can play off the ball. And let, let's face it, Steve Kerr grabbed – and learned a lot of the concepts he uses in that offense with the four all-stars he's yeah. got in Golden State from Mike D'Antoni. So I think in that system, you're just going to have a lot of guys sharing the ball and playing in different roles on any given night. So I think it's going to work out very well, and and I think it will be fun to watch because on nights when you have two great ball handlers like that, 
they, they can share the role a little bit so you don't get exhausted and fatigued with the basketball. It's going to make things difficult for defenses. It, look, you take the Golden State Warriors example, right? But they have a guy who is the point guard. There was never any question of who was going to be running the offense. And I know at times you'll see Kevin Durant do that or Clay Thompson, but there, were, there was never any debate over who was running the offense, over what the starting point was. That's true. But think of it like this. Sometimes um, they'll have Iguodala or Kevin Durant or sometimes Draymond Green They'll run the point and bring the ball up, and then you've got to chase Curry around the floor as he's coming off picks and looking to spot up and get open shots. Uh, and then also, you're going to have to double-team one of those guys, right? Sure. So that's going to open up the floor. If they have the same guys they have today, if they don't make a move for, for Paul George, uh, Ryan Anderson will get more open looks. Eric Gordon, who hit 246 threes last year, will get more open looks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Maybe they'll have trouble. That's possible. I just think with Mike D'Antoni and the way he works things, I think two great players like that, they'll find a way yeah. to coexist. And and they've obviously talked about this and thought about it. So I'm sure in their minds, they've got ideas as players how they're going to make this all work on the floor together. One of the things that makes Golden State so successful is their offense revolving around ball movement. Mm-hmm. And you've got to have guys who can shoot successfully. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how much ball movement you have because you're you're going to be okay with leaving a poor shooter open and focusing on the guys who can shoot. In Houston, very similar aspects of it there with the ball movement. And like you said, with Ryan Anderson, who can shoot from the outside, and Gordon, who can shoot, and Harden, who can shoot, and Paul, who can shoot. You got four guys on the floor who can fire away. Right. So at times, it really isn't going to be matter, isn't going to matter who's running the offense because the ball is going to be constantly moving. It's not like they're running the, the half court where you've got the, the point guard calling out the play and then everybody moves and they make the play happen. Yeah, The ball will be constantly moving. The other thing that I like about this too, Chad, is remember game six against San Antonio? I what do. Harden did there? Was there anybody who had the clout on that team to hold him accountable? No. Player, coach, anybody? No. Chris Paul has that kind of clout. He is somebody that can hold James Harden accountable for situations like that. Yes, he is a, well, I mean, most people know this. Chris Paul's a perfectionist. He wants and demands the best from you. And that could be very good for a guy like James Harden in that system. We've got a lot more on this. In fact, coming up at four, Travis and I are going to take a look at the landscape in the Western Conference with this trade and how things are shaping up today with the West. We're not going to talk to the newest Blazer? I thought we were doing that for today. Oh, cash considerations. Love that guy. That's right. Tim Quarterman. So sad to see him go for cash considerations. The uh, Trailblazers Twitter account was having a lot of fun today. They had a mock interview with cash considerations. I actually saw a jersey floating around with double zero on the back said considerations. Good times. There's a lot of movement that's going on in the NBA. And with free agency coming up on Friday, 
what's going to happen in L.A., what's going to happen with Gordon Hayward, what's the latest in Houston. We're going to go through all of this, a uh, goulash of NBA stuff for you next when we go around the NBA. It's 340, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on the voice of Portland Sports, Rip City Radio. It's time to go around the NBA. Back to Western Long Angle at 20 of the three. The Buzzards are taking a Travis and Chad get you up to speed on what's happening on and off the floor. From camp to the finals. The Golden State Warriors are the 2017 NBA champions. Summer League. This has been a Vegas Summer League Classic. The Draft. The Portland Trailblazers select. And practice. It's around the NBA on the Rip City Drive. Brought to you by Wilsonville Family Chiropractic at Northwest Wellness Center. Visit nwwellnesscenter.org. All right, 347. Travis, a lot of things we got to touch on here. Let's start with the L.A. Clippers. Chris Paul is in Houston, but that leaves a free agent, Blake Griffin. There's a report from the L.A. Times that the Clippers are confident they're going to be able to re-sign Blake Griffin. He's also expect, expected to receive interest from the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics. If you're Blake Griffin, Chris Paul's gone. What do you do now? I'm out. I'm out. Look, if if you can't win with Chris Paul, what makes you think you're going to win with Patrick Beverly? You won't. But maybe in a year, depending on what Jerry West wants, if he goes to Blake Griffin and says, hey, Let's sign. It's going to be rough this year, but next summer we'll make a big splash. Because even if he re-signs, if they get him as a free agent, they're still going to have a ton of money next summer to be able to go out and bring in other guys. Blake Griffin by himself with one other guy isn't going to do anything. If he comes back, and what's he going to make if he comes back? The max. Okay, so that's is that the $40 million super max? Or is it just the $30 million regular max? I haven't checked on his. I believe, I don't think it's the super max. I think it's just the regular max, a regular max contract. Okay. Well, let's just say it's it's in that $30 million range. And then you go out and you bring in, let's say, LeBron James for $40 million. Okay? That's $70 million. You add Jamal Crawford's contract on there, that's $85 million. And you literally have nobody else left on the roster. That team isn't going to have enough money to put anyone else on that roster that can help they just won't have enough money because it's not like they're keeping their own guys at that point outside of Blake Griffin because he's gonna have to sign now so like with Kevin Durant if he waits a little bit and then resigns they're gonna be able to get some other things done and oh yeah keep their own guy it's not gonna be like that because the money will already be committed to Blake Griffin so you add LeBron James to that mix or whatever it is. Now you're talking about a payroll up near $80 million, and you will not have the money to bring in someone else that can really help this team. So I don't think there's a chance that they're going to be able to build a team even close to good enough to competing. All right, so no. If I'm Blake Griffin, I look at that, I see that, and I go elsewhere. All right, I want to move elsewhere in L.A., the Lakers. Now, Paul George is being discussed right now with a few different options, possibly Cleveland, but that doesn't look as likely as either Boston or Houston right now. The Rockets are are big time after Paul George, and possibly the Celtics, they want to get Gordon Hayward in free agency and then make a deal with the Pacers because they have a ton of assets to bring in Paul George. If you're Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka, can you afford to wait and hope that Paul George comes over to you next year in free agency, or do they need to jump in and just offer up Brandon Ingram and get that deal done now? Um, I guess this would be the situation, Trav. 
Can they afford to let him go to Boston or Houston, get a taste of that culture, and win a bunch of games in hopes that he's just going to walk over next summer? Well, no, and you think about Houston. Uh, again, with Houston, we talked about it with Chris Paul. You have a situation where there's no state income tax as opposed to, what was it in California, 13%? Chris Paul is going to save $5.2 million in his pocket every year because he's going to be playing in Houston as opposed to Los Angeles. That matters, and it matters a lot. That's $21 million over the course of a four-year contract that is in his pocket. And if he's sitting there, if Paul George is sitting there in Houston, and he's got... James Harden and Chris Paul, and they're having success. And you look at L.A., and maybe he he does want to be there, but the success isn't going to be there, and he's not going to be making nearly as much money. There's a very good chance Paul George can be convinced to stay in Houston. So you've got to go out there and not take that risk. You can't take the risk if you're the Lakers and you're trying to build something because there might be nothing to build. Are you high on Brandon Ingram? I like Brandon Ingram a lot. I need to see more from him. I'm not ready to say that he's going to be a superstar, but I'm ready to say that he is a good young player that could be one of the building blocks of your franchise. I just don't like his physical stature. He's one of the skinniest, weakest players I've ever seen in the league. I don't see how he's going to be able to put on much weight with that frame to the point where he can get strong to contend with some of the other NBA guys. For me, that's a big concern. It should be a concern, but also with his game, his game doesn't play into needing strength. What about the Spurs? They wanted Chris Paul. That was expected to be their big splash. It turns out he leaves L.A., but not for San Antonio, but the Houston Rockets. What's their response now at point guard? Because Tony Parker is not the answer. We know that much. No, Tony Parker definitely isn't. At point guard, I I don't know. Is it Patty Mills? I mean, we thought there was a chance that Chris Paul would, would sign with the Spurs, but they would have had to be creative and move some things around. And I'm, I'm looking at this roster and there's there's really not a ton there outside of Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge, and that's a nice little foundation, and I like Danny Green. But where where who's going to play point guard? There was the talk, and I know you mentioned this when we were talking before the show today about George Hill, that he, he wants to be there. Maybe that's an option. But to me, with what Houston did today, they passed San Antonio, and there aren't a lot of pieces left that they can bring in to take that team to being great again. Good, certainly, but not great. I think it was, what's his name? Kevin Pelton, who's a local guy, writes for ESPN. He went through projections based on the current roster for the Rockets. They won 55 games last year, which was a 14-game improvement in year one for Dan Tony. They had won 41 the year before. He's got them pegged at winning 60-plus now with this current lineup, this current roster they have with Chris Paul joining the uh, club. Yeah. San Antonio won 61 games last year. Yeah, I, I... I would think, based on this maneuver, and we'll see what the Rockets continue to do through this free agency period, but I would agree with you. I I think the Rockets have positioned themselves squarely behind the Warriors for number two in the West. You add Chris Paul. Basically, you replace Chris Paul with, uh, or replace Patrick Beverly with Chris Paul. Slight upgrade. Slight upgrade, okay? Lou Williams was was a good bench player last year, but he's not a huge difference maker. He was a role player, and his numbers went down to about 14 points a game when he was with Houston. So you're really not losing a ton in that scenario. Does Chris Paul give you another five wins a year? Yeah, he does. Put him at 60. San Antonio's probably in the 57 range. They're still good, but they're not as good as Houston right now. Well, the Western Conference looks different today. Chris Paul in Houston with the Rockets. So what does this mean for the Blazers and the rest of the West? Travis and I will 
we'll slot the teams coming up next based on what we know today, realizing it could change over the next couple of days. One through eight. Where do the Blazers fit in now that Chris Paul is in Houston? It's 354, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad here on your voice of Portland Sports Rip City Radio. It's time time for the Rip City Drive. The Rip City Drive with Travis Demers and Chad Dewing on your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. Hour two of three on a Wednesday afternoon. Glad to have you with us here. Coming up in about eh, 15 minutes from now, Adam Clanton is going to join us. Your boy from Houston, Chad. I'm sure he's a little happy today. He told us, remember, uh, I think a month ago or so, that Daryl Morey was targeting big-name players and thought that some could get done. I don't know if he thought it would be Chris Paul, but, yeah, I can't wait to talk to our boy Clanton. And, by the way, Trav, real quick, I just got followed by Cash Considerations, and I uh, reached out and welcomed him to town. He replied and said, thanks. Looking forward to doing big things. I can certainly dish some dimes. I'm no Dame Dalla, but I'm going to pay off. Hashtag Rip City. <laughs> That's pretty damn funny. Uh, you got to love creativity, Chad. Yeah, it's nice when the Timberwolves go out and get Jimmy Butler, the Rockets get Chris Paul, and we trade Tim Quarterman for cash considerations. Hey, you know what? I'd take some cash considerations right now. Wouldn't I, I, you? I'm always in favor of some cash considerations. Exactly. So now you look at the West. Houston got better today. Golden State has not gotten worse. San Antonio is about the same. Everybody else is is fighting for that mix of somewhere between 4th and 10th, 11th in the Western Conference. So now how does that landscape in the West look? It's a good question. Clearly the Warriors are still the team to beat. They're the best. They're probably going to win the championship the next two years. But you've got a lot of teams gunning them. And i got to give you credit. You said it a couple of weeks ago. After the finals, the Warriors have sent everyone into madness. And look at what's going on. You got teams out there trying to do whatever they can yeah. to get themselves into running. You got to love that, right? Absolutely. It's made things interesting. Look, free agency the last couple of years, aside from Kevin Durant, has been relatively boring. The trade deadlines have been very anticlimactic for the last few years. Now you've got a situation where you have no choice but to chase Golden State so teams are being aggressive and trying to make some things happen. Exactly. So I'll give you my top eight in the West. And keep in mind, this is what we know about the NBA today. This could change in a couple of days, depending on what Gordon Hayward and other free agents decide to do. So we're going to go off what we know now, which includes Gordon Hayward still with the Utah Jazz. Golden State's number one, Trav, in my mind. I will. I'll put the Houston Rockets now number two. They won 55 games last year. They were third in the West. I will move them up to number two. Uh, Kevin Pelton has them on projections now with Chris Paul winning 60-plus games. I'm okay with that. They took a step ahead of the San Antonio Spurs with this maneuver. I'll keep the Spurs at three. They have to address the point guard situation, but I have no reason to believe they're going to fall off the face of the earth. they got Greg Popovich. They've got Kawhi Leonard. They'll find a point guard to replace Tony Parker. And they've got LaMarcus Aldridge. They may trade him or not, but even if he stays, this is still a team that's probably going to win 55-plus games and be right there in the mix in the Western Conference. Yeah. After that, I would go with the Utah Jazz. Assuming they have Gordon Hayward. With Hayward, they're still a, a very good team, one of the best defensive teams in all the NBA. They were last year, and they'll continue to be like that with their head coach, with Gordon Hayward. They'll be right there at four in the Western Conference. If he leaves then we obviously don't have to worry about the Jazz nearly as much. After that, 
I would slot Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook, followed by the Portland Trailblazers at six, Memphis, and then Minnesota making a leap with the addition of Jimmy Butler. They only won 31 games last year. I don't know how much they'll improve with Jimmy Butler, but they've got a legit big three. They've got a good coach. I like what they've done as well. And that's leaving out some teams that could darn well win some games next year with the Denver Nuggets and others. Right. And look, I, I don't know how much better Denver got. I mean, w- what did Denver do to make their roster better? Get healthy. That's okay. really the key. And another year with Jokic, who's a one heck of a ball player. I, I, I like the fact that they got healthy. That certainly helps. But how much how much better can they be? I'm not a huge fan of uh, Wilson Chandler, who's making all that money there. I do like Kenneth Fareed. I don't like Moutier. Uh, I, I just I don't like a lot of the pieces that they have. Jokic is terrific, but the rest are, rest of the roster around that doesn't say to me that they're going to be a 45-win team. I still think they're right around that 500 mark. Well, the way I look at it is they, they won 40 last year with a, a number of injury problems. Yeah. They've got money to be a player in free agency. We'll see what happens, but I think, I think the Nuggets are going to win 41 or more next year. Uh, I think they're going to be in that in that ballpark, you know, right around 500. I, I love what Minnesota did. Uh, again, they've got a, a lot of depth in the front court, and now adding Jimmy Butler, giving them some more scoring punch. How many games do you think they'll win? Would they win last? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups. Automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Last year, 31. Does Jimmy Butler make them 10 more wins better than they were last year? In combination with their other players, probably. They're probably 41 or more. If they stay healthy with their star power, Carl Anthony Towns, Jimmy Butler, and Wiggins. Wow. That's pretty darn good. It's a really good core three. It's just after that, how you know where do, where does the rest of that help come from? We don't know. I, they're really hard for me in my mind to peg. I I could they, they could surprise. They could be the Houston Rockets surprise this year, or they could fit somewhere in the middle of the pack. I, it's hard for me to know because we keep waiting the last yeah, few years for that's the, what I was for the T Wolves to be that team. Now with Butler, maybe they can be that team. We, we've been waiting for a long time for Minnesota to break through, but it hasn't happened yet. You're absolutely right about that. Here's my top eight. I've got Golden State number one, and I, I'm with you. Houston passed San Antonio today. They're the number two team in the Western Conference. San Antonio didn't get worse. Houston just got better than them. 
Uh, so I've got San Antonio number three. I have Portland four because, and it's not because I expect to see Gordon Hayward leave. Uh, this is only with what we know today. I think the Blazers, with Nurkic healthy for a full season, if he can stay healthy, are dramatically better than they were last year. It doesn't mean they're a 60-win team, but I think they're in that 50-win range right now. It could be 48, it could be 52, and I think that you're, that that range will be enough to get you number four in the Western Conference. I, I do think that alone is is better than they were last year. And I expect some deals to happen too, but all of those guys that had down years last year, they can't all have down years again this year, can they? That's a big question mark. I know that Myers won't perform. I just don't know Evan Turner and Alan Crabb, what they're going to give. And then Al Farouk Amino and his ridiculous shooting from downtown. They've got a lot of question right. marks on the roster because so many guys underperformed. But with Evan Turner, though, he finally started to find a groove last year, and then he got hurt. If he can stay healthy, I expect him to find a groove. Now, what does that groove mean? It doesn't mean he's, he's an all-star. It means he is a solid role player for this team, and I think he will be a solid, important role player for this team enough to help them continue on that trajectory to be better than they were last year. Yeah, I think I said it a few weeks ago. I'm not ready to throw Evan Turner out yet. If he stays on the team and they can't move the contract, he's got a chance to perform. I don't like his three-point shooting or lack thereof, but he can handle the ball. He's a decent defender, and he can create his own shot on the block. He's a creative uh, shot maker. So I I think Evan Turner's got a chance to thrive. My best-case scenario for the Blazers this year was – was uh, 55 wins with a healthy Nurkic and assuming that they did something to upgrade the power forward position. Now, they still have time, but the power forward position is still a major problem on the team. Sure. I do like what Dwight said yesterday, talking about Nurkic becoming more of a threat, extending his game out away from the basket behind the three-point line at times. That would be helpful, but right now they need more shooters, more guys who can step up and knock down the three. And, And I think the Blazers, at least in my mind, they're going to be right there battling with those other teams after Golden State, Houston, San Antonio. You're going to have a bunch of teams lined up, all with similar records. Right, and I think this is all going to be somewhat interchangeable. But I have Oklahoma City 5. I have Utah 6. They are a very good defensive team. And again, this is how the roster looks right now. But outside of Gordon Hayward, where do they get any offense from? Where does any other offense come from on that team? Joe Johnson's going to be another year older this year. I don't see that team being able to score anywhere near enough points to be a top four seed in the Western Conference. And then I've got Memphis seven and Minnesota eight. And I can see Memphis even being uh, moving up to six with Utah dropping down to seven. I don't really see. How do you see Utah if if they have Hayward? How how do you see them dropping to seven? They gave up a league low 96 points per game because they can't score. But they stop people. They get stops. They hold you under 100 points. And when right. you hold teams under 100, you're going to have a chance to win. I, you will have a chance to win, but I don't see them having enough offense to be able to do what they did last year. And I, you know, last year was good, but I think in, in some ways they were, it was a bit of an anomaly. I thought they played better last year than they were. They're a playoff team, but they're not a top-four team in the Western Conference. I don't think they're better than Oklahoma City right now, and I don't think they're better than the Portland Trailblazers. And if if Memphis gets everybody healthy this year, I can see Memphis being better than than Utah. But again, we're talking about a game or two here and there. We're talking about one team winning 45 games and another team winning 43. Well, my big issue with the Blazers really is it all comes back to defense. How much better defensively will they be this year with right now virtually the same roster? 
Are Dame and CJ going to step it up on the defensive end of the floor? Will they be able to get stops? Will they be better defending the pick and roll? Uh, will Nurkic, if he's healthy for 82 games, significantly help out the defense? That's really going to be the big question mark. If they get that and they have some improvement on defense, we know one thing about the Blazers, they're not going to have an issue scoring points. Offense usually is not going to be the problem for Portland, except for the Knights when they're not knocking down the three. Sure. And look, last year they lost 13 games when they scored 110 points or more. And I think it was 15 games when they scored 109 points or more. because they can't get stops. Right. Marginally better on defense is going to be another five or six wins for them. That's true. But marginally better for this group is saying a lot. Can they be marginally better when you have Damon CJ just getting destroyed on the perimeter? But, but like you said, I think Nurkic will make a big difference. We expect Al Farouk Amino to be healthier this year. Uh, you expect Ed Davis to be healthier this year. Farouk was banged up last year, missed a lot of games. And when he was in the lineup, he wasn't himself from day one. Now, does that mean he's not going to take terrible shots from outside? No, he's still going to take those shots. Because that that's what he does. But defensively, when he was out of the lineup, it made a big difference. And if he is healthy and Nurkic is healthy and plays, I think that will be enough to make them marginally better defensively. And that's enough for five or six more wins. If they get to 50 wins, I think that's a successful season. If I think Portland gets success, to 50, then. I think that's a success. Based on their roster and the way it is right now. With the current roster, if they get to 50 and you get Nurkic for a full 82 games, I can live with that. 50 and 32, if they can push it, maybe get to 52 or 53, that'd be awesome. Coming up next, we are going to get the perspective from Houston. How do they feel about their newest rocket, Chris Paul? We're going to talk to Adam Clanton from Sports Talk 790. You've got the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on the voice of Portland Sports, Rip City Radio. The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Uh, I'm going to walk this situation off, and I will see you later. Back to the show with Travis and Chad on Rip City Radio. It is 420. We're waiting a phone call from Adam Clanton, who is in Houston with Sports Talk 790. We'll get a feel for the vibe in the city after uh, acquiring Chris Paul in a trade with the Clippers. So, Travis, before this deal went down this morning... Where did your mind tell you that Chris Paul would end up? Would he sign with the Clippers? Would he go to the Spurs? Or would he wind up in the with the Rockets? I thought he was going to end up staying. I didn't think he was going to end up in San Antonio. I certainly didn't think he was going to end up in Houston. Uh, I didn't really see him going anywhere else. I thought with Jerry West coming in that that would be good enough to keep him there. And like you know, Mitch Lawrence said earlier, they didn't want to give him that fifth year to you know, have him be making $40 million when he was 38 years old. I wanted to ask you about that. Do you buy that? Does that make sense in your mind when you have the best player in franchise history to balk at giving him a fifth year at the Supermax? But yeah, I do, because you're talking about Jerry West. If this was you know before Jerry West, then then I would have had a hard time thinking that. But again, you look at the, the best-run franchises in sports, the New England Patriots, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, the Golden State Warriors, teams like that, they're good about moving on from players in general before it's too late, before you get in a situation where you're paying them too much. Because of that, Jerry West, following that mold like he has in L.A., like he has with the Golden State Warriors, he sees the writing on the wall that that's not going to be the best value from them four or five years from now where you've got a 38-year-old player in the twilight of his career at best making $40 million, completely killing your salary cap, eating about 40-plus percent of your salary cap, it makes sense. 
because they're probably not going to compete this year. And if, if his goal is to retool this team, you can't pay Chris Paul that kind of money in three, four years. You think that's fair criticism when you look at Chris Paul and say, hey, we're not giving you the fifth year. You've never gotten us out of the second round. Absolutely. It's not just him, though. I mean, Blake Griffin hasn't been, uh, hasn't been healthy. Chris Paul wasn't healthy in the playoffs two years ago. I think Doc Rivers is a very overrated uh, head coach. That team hasn't had a, a lot of depth past, you know, six guys on that team. Uh, so it's not entirely fair to put it on Chris Paul, but at the same time, what has he done? Blown a 3-1 lead in the conference semifinals? Not had any success in the postseason? I think it's very fair that in three, four years, he's not going to be as good as he is now. So why commit to somebody that you know eventually is going to kill you? 422 Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad here on The Voice of Portland Sports, Rip City Radio. So with Chris Paul going to Houston, do you think it was more about the fifth year or do you think it came down to the reported riff in the locker room between Doc Rivers and the veterans on that team with the way he handled his son, Austin Rivers, the relationship. The players didn't feel like Austin was treated the same. When they went to him, he kind of brushed him off. And then in the end, when they had a chance to acquire Carmelo Anthony last summer in a trade with the Knicks, Doc Rivers refused it because it involved his son, Austin Rivers. I'm sure that played a little bit into it. But, you know, with, with Chris Paul, at this point of his career, I don't know how much that mattered. I'm sure that played into it a little bit. And I'm sure he wasn't happy. And I'm sure there was tension there. But are you going to be willing to deal with that tension for $40 million a year for five years and make an extra $40 million in the back end of that? I I think he would. Uh, I think it's more about Jerry West trying to mold this team with the right decisions, just like he did in Golden State, saying we're not going to trade Clay Thompson for Kevin Love make the right decisions for the big-picture health of this team. That's true, but we don't know if Jerry West is the one that made that call. He wasn't in the sit-down meeting with Chris Paul and the Clippers. It was Doc Rivers and his associates. Jerry West was not there, so we don't know if he gave the directive there. I'm just trying to figure out who you place the blame on here. Is it Doc Rivers, or did Chris Paul leave the Clippers high and dry after they made him the face of the franchise they were committed to building the team around him, and then he gets up and walks out and goes to Houston. Well, look, why Why did he opt out in the first place? Why did he opt out? Why was he going to opt out? He didn't because opt of out. the changes in the CBA and the fact that he can make the Supermax. Right. And why did he opt back in? Because he knew that if he was going to sign with another team, he wasn't going to make that money. He was opting out to stay in L.A. because he was going to make more money there. He can't make that kind of money anywhere else because nobody else was going to be able to give it to him. Nobody had the salary cap space. So he opted in to be traded so we can eventually make that money somewhere else. That's true. But the trade allows the Rockets to acquire Chris Paul. They retain his rights, but it also gives them key assets to where they can go out and continue to maneuver to bring in Paul George. Yeah, it absolutely does. But from Chris Paul's perspective, you're either going to sign that big contract in L.A., or you're going to sign a lesser contract somewhere else. Well, he didn't want to sign that lesser contract, so he said, I'm going to opt out. I'm going to stay in L.A. for the Supermax. But because they were going to trade him, he opted in, takes the $25 million, and now next year he can sign that big contract right where he was. I don't put this on Chris Paul. I think this was a big-picture move by Jerry West to say, our best interests are not to sign Chris Paul 
for five years at $40 million a clip. I can also understand Paul's frustration. If Doc Rivers' job is to run the Clippers, to coach the Clippers, to put that franchise in the best possible position to win games. If the Knicks came to him with that offer of Sasha Vujicic, Carmel Anthony in exchange for Austin Rivers, Jamal Crawford, and Paul Pierce, that move makes your team better. Yeah. Keeping Austin Rivers because he's your son is not a legitimate reason to avoid that trade idea. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, but I that sends a message. It's like, look, if, if he's going to treat his son different and he's not going to make a deal for Mello because he wants to keep his son, then I know he's not committed to doing anything and everything that it's going to take to put us in a position to win games. I completely agree. That's insane. It, it is. But I don't think that's the ultimate reason for Chris Paul. Comes down to he could go to Houston with this trade and still make his cash. Yes. It, dollars and cents, you opt out to make more money where you are. You opt in to be traded somewhere else where you can make that money there. That's true. But he had told the Clippers he was going no matter what. He was either going to leave and sign in free agency with the Rockets or they were able to facilitate the trade. I think he was going no matter what. And if that's the case, well, then- wait, wait, wait. Uh, uh, did, did he say that today, or did he say that recently? When did he say he was going to go no matter what? I think it, I don't know if it was today. It might have been yesterday, but he informed the Clippers that he was not returning. He was leaving regardless of what happened. He was leaving L.A. to go to Houston. Maybe he said that. It's, it's very possible that he did, but they wouldn't have had the money to sign him. So maybe it was his way of, of calling the Clippers bluff. Well, the Rockets were in the process of maneuvering contracts and assets to where they could free up money to be able to uh, to bring in Chris Paul. I mean, yeah. the, big, the big move was Ryan Anderson. They were actively working to move Ryan Anderson to continue to open up money to sign Chris Paul. Right. So and I think the deal was going to get done regardless. Maybe, but now, now they don't have to move Ryan Anderson to get Chris Paul. And they still have their full mid-level exception, which is almost near $9 bucks. Right. And I, I can see a scenario where this was Chris Paul calling the Clippers bluff, saying, you know what, I'm out. I'm willing to sign for less money there, so you might as well trade me so you can get something back. And either way, he gets his money and he ends up somewhere else. Yeah, and I think with the Clippers, as bad as it looks right now because you lose your best player in franchise history and Chris Paul, with Jerry West, and I love the move of bringing in Jerry West because I'm a big believer in West. Everything he's done, everywhere he's gone is turned. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every year, one thing is always predictable postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Into gold. He's just a genius. He knows what the heck he's doing. If they, depending on what they do moving forward with this free agency, next summer when they have all that money coming off the books and you've got Jerry West to help pinpoint what you need to do, his relationship with players, the way he can reach out to guys, and there are going to be some big-name guys available next summer, it's not as bad as it could be when you've got Jerry West there to help 
and kind of work you through this situation. I, I'm, I'm sure Jerry West, you're right. I don't think Jerry West is stunned this morning that Chris Paul is in Houston. Probably not. And who knows? Maybe he was the one that said, look, you cannot sign him to the full Supermax or you're going to set the franchise back because by the time he's 38, with all the injuries he's had, he's not going to be worth that type sure. of Jake. That's sure. quite possible. You know, with, with the Clippers' big picture, though, Chad, you know, maybe they are trying to move out as much salary as they can. That's what it looks like. And who knows what's going to happen with, with Blake Griffin. But if, if you're LeBron James or Russell Westbrook, somebody like that, and Jerry West comes to you and says, we don't have anybody on this roster. We've got all the money in the world. We don't have anybody. We're going to sign you. We're going to try and sign him. We're going to try and sign him. Is that enough to bring in somebody like LeBron James who clearly cares very, very much about rings. Now, if they've already got the agreement in place, if if LeBron James talks with Russell Westbrook and they agree to work out their contracts, however, so they can build the super team, I think that could work. But I think that's the only way that it's going to work because LeBron isn't going to go there if there's nobody else on the roster and he can't win. We've got a lot more on that. It's 430, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Let's head down to Houston right now. He's from Sports Talk 790, a great friend of the show, the one and only Adam Klan. What's up, Adam? Chad, how are you, sir? I'm very well. So you got you to let us know what's the local vibe. You guys, we, I woke up this morning, Phil Jackson's out of New York, and all of a sudden Chris Paul winds up in Houston. How are the fans reacting to the news? Well, I'm upset because I was hoping that Daryl Morey would take advantage of that drunk old kook in New York and maybe get Chris Epps Porzingis down here. But uh, as far as Chris Paul goes, uh, cautiously optimistic, I guess. Is that, is that a, uh, a good term to use? Yeah. Because obviously it's a, it's a stellar backcourt. And uh, the, the more, I guess, each minute passes, the more or the less, I guess I should say, I'm worried about, you know, two ball-dominant guards making it happen because I, I doubted Mike D'Antoni and, and the coaching hire, and they made that work pretty well. And I feel like star power is a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah, I see this quote here from Mike D'Antoni. The more point guards you have on the floor, the better it is. <laughs> well, hey, the best thing I can say about Chris Paul is that he's not Dwight Howard, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. So, so you know Daryl Morey, and I, I love the guy. I love his aggressiveness, but how was he able to get this done? Uh, I think that he knew what he was willing to part with. I think he has a bigger vision. I I think if he has his way, obviously this is not nearly the last step. This is just the beginning. Um, And I think he's willing to – he's always been willing to take a risk, take a gamble. Um, Dwight Howard was a big gamble. He swung for the fences. He was trying to get him to Houston for several years before it happened. And, you know, they made a Western Conference finals run, and then, you know, the the rug got pulled out. But you're talking about a guy – who I think fell, I don't know, two votes shy of the executive of the year because Bob Myers had Kevin Durant call him up and say he wanted to sign there in in Golden State um, because he was able to take a team that went 41-41, and add a new coach, move the best player to a new position, and fill in the pieces around him and win 55 games. So um, he doesn't shy away from risks. This isn't the first time he's traded for uh, or been involved, I guess, in a trade with Chris Paul. Um, there's somebody joked earlier today that David Stern was going to come out of retirement and veto <laughs> this trade for basketball reasons. But um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a, it's part of a bigger picture. And if he has his way, then Paul George or a Carmelo Anthony or somebody like that could be wearing rockets red as well. You know, in the meantime, you look at the, the money that's being paid out in between James Harden, Chris Paul, Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon. I mean, you're, you're right around the salary cap right there. So one of the things with, with Golden State that helps set them apart is the fact that they have role players that can be role players in their depth. 
how important is depth right now on this team and how far away are they from, from having some of that? Yeah, they're, they're a ways off. And that's why I said what I did about, you know, other pieces, because I guarantee you right now, he's going to move heaven and earth to get that albatross of a contract that is being owed to Ryan Anderson, who is amazing on the road from the three point line. But for some reason, when he's home at Toyota center, can't hit the broad side of a barn and you don't want to be paying a guy $19 million for half a performance or, so, or half of a season's performance. So I think he'll try to move that. I still think um, there are some other pieces that uh, he could move around. I don't know if Paul George is the end game or if it's just one of many plans that he has in place. Um, but I think that, that he's going to add, you know, what he can creatively. I mean, the guy was trading for no-name players today to um, make this thing work uh, salary matching-wise. It was kind of crazy. We're hearing about these, you know, no-name players being traded to Houston and they're being spun off to – to uh, LA in the deal and their non-guaranteed contracts. He's very creative. He knows the collective bargaining agreement inside and out. And if there's anybody that could get it to work, it's Daryl Morey. He just has to go do it now. We're talking with Adam Clanton, Sports Talk 790 down in Houston. Do you think Chris Paul was headed to Houston regardless of whether it was going to be a trade or a free agency? I don't know. That's interesting because I thought that Chris Paul would happen, but I, I did think it would be a, a signing, you know, a free agency signing. And so when this, this happened this morning, and of course it happened approximately 30 seconds before our show started. So convenient. Uh, all, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, we had nothing uh, to talk about for three hours, but yeah, all, you know, what was breaking loose. I, I think that it was definitely a guy they were, I mean, you heard their name attached to him for forever uh, leading up to this. Um, but I did not see a trade coming. And I thought, you know, if Patrick Beverly or guys like that are being dealt, it's in a, it's in a deal for Paul George. Um, so it's interesting that Chris Paul's the guy that comes over um, in, in, a, in a trade when I thought he'd be an outright signing and Paul George or somebody like that would be, even if you have to get a third team involved, um, that would be the trade scenario. So, yeah, by, from that standpoint, I was very surprised. When you look at the, the job Daryl Morey has done in Houston over the years, uh, just – uh, obviously, we, we wish some of those moves were made here in Portland with the aggressiveness over it, but how has the perception of him changed? It's funny because it depends on who you talk to. There are There's one guy in particular who just, it doesn't matter. I mean, Daryl Morey could be Jesus Christ himself, and he's going to find something wrong with the guy. But, you know, if, if you want to look at it from the standpoint of he's been aggressive and made a lot of moves, and that makes him a successful general manager – um, then yeah, you know, but there's the other side that says, you know what, the Rockets haven't won anything of consequence since, you know, 1995 and, um, they're still plugging away and, and Daryl just likes to move assets. There, there's definitely that contingent. So when you ask, you know, what's the perception of Daryl Moore? Is he a successful GM? Well, do you want to compare him to Rick Smith with the Texans? He's, he's great. If you do that, um, he's probably in the upper echelon, I would think with most fans, but I think they want to see the payoff for a lot of these moves that keep happening year after year um, that just haven't worked out throughout you know, the long haul, 16 wins in the playoffs. Hey, Adam, if they make a deal for Paul George, how does that look? How does he get something like that done? I, I don't know. Uh, that's, a big, um, that's a big if. I think you definitely have to get a third team involved. Maybe a team like a Sacramento is, is willing to take on a Ryan Anderson contract if, you know, they're getting something in return, um, Paul George is going to Houston, the, the Pacers are getting draft picks from Sacramento. I, I don't know. That's just a scenario off the top of my head. Um, but it, I think it's definitely going to take another party because, you know, the, the Rockets, I just don't know if they have the assets left after today 
to do anything significant. You, you know, you're going to want an Eric Gordon if you're talking about players that are still on the roster. I think you're going to want him before you're going to want Ryan Anderson because his contract is much more uh, reasonable. Um, but I, like I said, I think you're going to have to get another team involved and, uh, and do, get creative with it. How long-term is all this stuff viable? Well, um, if you get Paul George, you only get a year guarantee, right? So, but I think he's willing to take that risk. I think a lot of teams are willing to take that risk. And if Paul George comes to Houston to play with Chris Paul and James Harden, um, I just don't think there's any scenario that, regardless of what happens, unless all three players blow out their knees simultaneously, that Paul George is going to look over at the Lakers in a year from now and say, oh, that's a better scenario if I just leave and go there than anything that would happen in Houston. So I think, you know, from the standpoint of is this long-term viable to, to do this, yeah, if he gets here, they play well together. You've got a guy in Chris Paul who's taking a risk himself coming here. He's 32 years old. He's had some injuries. He's banking that he can make uh, this season turn into another max deal for him. James Harden is trying to repair his, his reputation for the second offseason in a row for different reasons. And Paul George has something to prove because he's kind of the heel right now. He told the Pacers, hey, I'm not coming back. Deal with it. And a lot of people have been turned off by that. So I think you'd have a team full of guys with chips on their shoulders for different reasons, and uh, they'd want to make it work. There's no way that Chris Paul and James Harden didn't talk about this in depth before the Rockets pull the trigger on this move because they're both very, very ball-dominant guards that, that have to – they're going to have to sacrifice their game for the greater good of the team. Hey, Adam – how do you think this move changes the landscape in the West? Do you think it moves the Rockets ahead of the Spurs behind the Warriors? I can't. It's an incomplete grade. You know what I mean? Like, I can't give them a grade right now because the roster is just not finished. And so, I mean, I'm glad from the standpoint that the Spurs didn't get Chris Paul because that was the team that was originally attached to him, you know, his name. Yeah. Um, I, I, Golden State is so head and shoulders above everybody else. It pains me to say that, but it's so true. Um, they have the NBA championship locked up for the next three to five years if they keep that core intact unless some other super team can supplant them. LeBron couldn't do it, and he had a pretty good squad there in Cleveland. Um, so until Daryl Morey finishes shaping this roster, I, I don't know. I mean, they're going to be competitive. They're going to make the playoffs just based on these two talents alone, I would think. Uh, but you've got to fill in that roster, and you can't just fill it in with guys just to say you've got to fill these roster spots. They've got to work together. Um, but on the flip side of that, guys, if Paul George lands in Houston and he's going to play with James Harden and Chris Paul, I'm sure there are veterans that will be selling their families into slavery or whatever else they got to do to get to Houston to sign that veteran minimum. And don't take that literally. Don't be PC about it. <laughs> well, I, I'm speaking on behalf of all Blazer fans today. They would like to thank Houston for cash considerations in the Tim Quarterman deal. A lot of people are excited about cash considerations. Can't. Can I just say that that was probably the greatest team organization tweet or series of tweets I've ever seen in my life. The Portland Trailblazers, whoever runs that account, should get like a Congressional Medal of Honor for those tweets. <laughs> those were amazing. Oh, it was so I, I spit coffee out of my mouth at the first one. When it says Rip City would like to welcome. And then you see like bags of cash, cash considerations. <laughs> It's so great. They had like the, the uh, exorbitant GIF, you know, or do you pronounce it GIF? I don't know how you guys do it, but the uh, the animated, uh, you know, computerized element there on their Twitter account. I died when I saw that I was in the middle of my show and I was just like, that is standing ovation worthy. No doubt. I just got followed by cash considerations on Twitter. Yep. 
Oh, see, and then you have the the accounts pop up. That's the best part of all this. I love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, Adam, you know what? I got I got to tell you what. You surprised me. I figured you'd be popping rod in excitement right now, but <laughs> it's reserved. Surprising. Well, you got to understand that I'm a guy who, on the air and on Twitter, has criticized Chris Paul for punching multiple players in the junk over the years. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I'm not. He's going to have to grow on me. It's, but on the flip side, it's not like it's Carl Malone coming to the Rockets in his prime, and nobody wants that. Oh, and by the way, what, what, what about this hatred that exists inside of that locker room with uh, potentially with Doc Rivers, his son Austin, and the way the uh, vets don't like it? I mean, have you seen Austin Rivers play? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and, and that guy wouldn't be included in a trade for Carmelo Anthony, supposedly. I mean, we don't know if that's true. It's, there's a lot of conjecture out there. but Upside. Austin Rivers yeah, Austin Rivers sucks. Let's be honest. That's hey, my professional analysis. Hey, Adam, this is what Cash Considerations had to tell me on Twitter. Thanks. I'm looking forward to doing big things. I can certainly dish some dimes. I'm no Dame Dollar, but it will pay off. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Isn't your day made? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Almost as much as hey, yours. Well, did you did you go see the new kids? That's my p- big question to you. I did not. I could not make it, and I'm so jealous because you and your wife were there in Houston, and you sent me a couple of videos of the songs. They sounded pretty tight. I mean, them, Boys to Men, Paul Abdul, it was like a time machine back oh, in like oh, 1990. Oh, by the way, hey, Adam, Travis is a monster Metallica fan. Tell him about your little uh, meet and greet. Well, we met James Hetfield, and pretty much everybody I know that wasn't in the room, which is everybody outside of my wife, hates us now. So that was that was pretty sweet. Yeah, you, can, you cool. can add me to that list. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean that's 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 my band right there. Like, it's, and as far as drummers go, like Lars isn't exactly the most friendly guy. He's not exactly the most. Uh, <laughs> he's very likable. He's not. Yeah, he's not very lovable. He's not very cuddly. But it's like John Bonham of Led Zeppelin, and then Lars Ulrich. That that's like my one two because I'm a drummer. Like I've got a set, and, and I you know that's that's as good as it gets. So yeah, meeting James Hetfield didn't suck. Well, if you ever come to uh, if you ever come to Portland, I'll play some guitar. You can play some drums. We can jam. Absolutely, and that's one of those cities I want to go to, the Great Northwest, because um, I've heard good things about you guys up there. He's on Twitter, at Adam Clanton. He's with Sports Talk 790 down in Houston and uh, one of the best. Hey, Adam, we'll talk soon. Enjoy your uh, your moment of victory in free agency. I miss you, and I love you, Chad. I love you too, Adam. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> hey, Chad, I got, a, I got a question for our new producer, Eric. Hey, uh, oh, he's on the phone. Hey, Eric, did, did you put the request into the Blazers for cash considerations for the show? Uh, yes, he will be on, I believe, Friday. Okay, good stuff. We need to make that happen. <laughs> I do got to give credit. He's right. Their social media work today, the Trailblazers, well done, was top notch. We've got the degenerate dime of the day coming up next. Travis and I need to get back on track, but also a former football star came one step away from murder. We'll tell you what that means next. 444, the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on the voice of Portland Sports, Rip City Radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Don't act like you're not impressed. Back to the show, Travis and Chad on Rip City Radio. All right, 449. Boy, Travis, one of my favorite NFL players of all time, Clinton Portis. I'm sure you're familiar with him. Former Bronco and Washington Redskin. Of course. There's a great piece, and I would encourage many of you to go out there and read it. It's at SI.com right now on Clinton Portis, kind of his career and some of the aftermath after uh, some of the aftermath following his career, Travis. And he tells SI he earned over $43 million in his career the nine years he played spent between the Redskins and Broncos. But in 2013, he went through a rough patch. He, he had entrusted most of his uh, financial earnings with a financial group which included a couple of guys who were licensed and worked with several NFL players. But one of the guys uh, was part of a Ponzi scheme, and it unraveled in 2013, and pretty much all of uh, Clint, uh, Clinton Portis's worth vanished in thin air. So it lost everything. All the money he had planned to invest for his family, for his children, for the future, gonzo. Yeah. Well, he spent several days, mornings, nights, waiting outside that office building with uh, ammunition and a gun at his side waiting for a confrontation because he was going to take out one or all of those guys. And he looked for opportunities but never got the opportunity. And finally, a friend talked him out of the violence and, you know, seeking revenge. And so now he's in the place now where I think he's a little bit better. But the uh, piece also reveals that he suffered at least 10 concussions during his NFL career. And he's really scared and worried about the results of that and the potential ongoing physical and emotional and mental problems that come from that. Sure. And Chad, you know, you think about it from the perspective of someone who had it all and basically, in their opinion, had it stolen from them. You know, you hear stories about people in, you know, in the old days in Vegas when they would lose all their money and, and jump out of a window because there was nothing else to live for. When you have everything ripped out from under you like that, you panic and you don't know what to do sometimes. And now factor in the fact that you've had 10 concussions and you're not playing with the same full deck that you used to. All of those things combined, they're they're going to lead to some bad things. And fortunately for everybody involved, he didn't end up pulling that trigger. But that's just a horrible story. He's going to be involved with uh, some broadcasting opportunities, radio and TV with the Redskins. He does admit in the piece, Trav, that he spent a lot of money foolishly on houses, cars, lavish trips, and so forth. But I feel for him. I, I told you I've been fascinated by Bernie Madoff of late, yeah. and I've watched some different programs on him. I mean, I can understand the rage. You bust your ass for nine seasons in the NFL, and someone robs you of your fortune. I can see why you would have the tendency to want to take them out. I get it. Yeah. I, I don't blame the thought. We've all thought something like that once or twice. But, man, to get that close, it's scary. Love Clinton Portis as a Bronco. And, of course, he was involved in that trade that brought over Champ Bailey when he went to the Redskins. It's time now for Travis and I to get to the degenerate dime of the day. We've all thrown down a couple of bucks on a game, right? Uh, you know, win some, lose some. But Travis and Chad take it a step further. They got in the Hawaii game. And that degenerate's been on the Hawaii game. It's time for the Degenerate Dime of the Day on the Rip City Drive. Brought to you by DPI Solar. Imagine if you never had to pay an electricity bill again. Visit dpisolar.com. All right, Chad, we all lost yesterday. Uh, Listener Marie did not make a pick, so listener Brian guest pick took the Giants and lost. You took the Mariners. They got blown out by the Phillies. I took the Yankees last night. We had a 3-2 lead going to the bottom of the ninth with uh, Dellen Batantis on the mound. 
a couple of walks, a hit batsman, and a RBI or two-run walk-off single for Jose Abreu, and the Yankees lose. That was tough. I saw the highlights last night. I thought about you. I'm looking for a bounce back, so I'm going to go with the Houston Astros, minus 170 at home against the A's. The A's are going to throw Jesse Hahn out there. I don't trust him in that situation, so I'm looking for the Astros to get me back on track. Four times in the last two weeks, I've taken the Yankees on the road, and they have lost in walk-off fashion. I'm going to do it again tonight because there's nothing else on the schedule that I like. I'm going to take the Yankees with Tanaka on the mound at the White Sox, minus 117. Listener Marie did not make a pick. So if she emails me in the next five minutes, we'll get your pick in, Marie. If not, we need another celebrity picker. First person to tweet, at Travis Demers or at Chad and Rip City, we will take your pick. You won't win anything, but you'll at least get to play for the listeners tonight. All right. Is there one move that any team in the NBA can make to get over on the Warriors? We're going to hear from Blazers General Manager Neil Olshay next. It's 454 the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on the voice of Portland Sports, Rip City Radio. It's time time for the Rip City Drive. The Rip City Drive with Travis Demers and Chad Dewing. On your home of the Blazers, Rip City Radio. Hour three on the Rip City Drive, Chad. Looking forward to seeing what number Cash Considerations is going to be assigned. I'm also enjoying our new producer, Eric, getting used to the uh, configuration in the studio. I know it's driving him crazy. He hates mistakes, and so when they happen, I just giggle on the inside. Eric is a lot like me in the fact that when... Perfection, baby. Yeah, perfection. But when he he does something that he's not satisfied with uh, his own level of... of, Performance. uh, Performance. Very, very uh, angry at himself. I feel weird. I'm I'm having to change roles where I'm having to take a step back and just take the easygoing, relaxed route. So we're all uh, learning something different here. This is good stuff. Yeah, we are both doing that. Uh, Hey, we are a team. Yes, a team. All three of us. Exactly. <laughs> the whole station. We're all a team. Morning show guys, us, Just Shaq, like Cash everybody. Considerations is a valuable member of the Portland Trailblazers hey, now. everybody on that roster matters. You're only as strong as your weakest link. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A weak link of cash. It is comedy. You have to laugh at it when all these other big moves are going on and you're like, oh, the Blazers trade Tim Quarterman for cash considerations. Breaking news. But we knew that was going to happen, right? Quarterman was not going to come back. They're trying to make room on that roster. I can't can't remember if it was you or if it was Sheldon who said, I think it was Sheldon who said uh, he wonders what's going to get more retweets, the Chris Paul news from Woj or the Tim Quarterman news from Woj. In Portland, probably the Tim Quarterman because everyone just gets a giggle out of it. Yeah, but, but again, all that was, like you said, they had 16 players on the roster. They needed to, at the very least, remove one of those players. We expected it to be Tim Quarterman, and now they, they got something back from him for him, even though it was a few bucks. Yes, and I would say this in regards to Chris Paul going to Houston, Trav, is that my main frustration, and I, I think Blazer fans feel me on this, and maybe they don't, and I don't know where you stand on this exactly, Travis, but most of my frustration when I wake up and I see Chris Paul going to Houston, it just all comes back to last summer and all of the big money that, that was given to Alan Crabb, Evan Turner, and Myers, and all three underperformed this year. And because of those deals, the team has no options during free agency this year, and they don't, they, they don't have any ways to go out and get better players. And, and if the money had to be spent last summer, then sign better players. So I want to highlight a big difference between Daryl Morey and Neil Olshay, because I got to give props to Daryl Morey. Swing for the fences, go for the home run, and if it doesn't work, he reloads and tries to do it again. So take a listen to Neil Olshay. He was on SiriusXM a couple of days ago and talking about the landscape of the NBA 
and where everyone is at chasing the world champion Golden State Warriors. We're not going to just sit back and blow things up because of how incredible the Golden State Warriors are. But, you know, everyone's got to remember the job Bob Myers and his staff did up there. They put themselves in that position because they drafted Steph and Clay and Draymond. And they traded for Andre Iguodala in a sign-and-trade. And they signed Sean Livingston. And so you know, everyone looks at this like this was a gift to Golden State. They earned the right to add, to add Kevin Durant. And I don't think you do that just by sitting back, cowering in the corner, waiting for them to regress to the mean as they age out of this, because it's not going to happen. So the best thing you can do is build your roster, but build it judiciously and opportunistically based on a longer timeline, because the quick fix, to your point, isn't getting you over the top anyway. There is no player right now that you could add to any roster in this league that would become a favorite to beat the Golden State Warriors. I mean, Jace, you, I mean, you answer it. Like, if, yeah. if you could add any player in the league to any existing roster in the league, absent Golden State, would they jump to being the favorite to beat the Warriors? They would not be the favorite. Right. They might be in the so finals against them, but they wouldn't be the favorite. Yeah. And if they're in the right con- – yeah, if they're in the East, they could probably right. get to the finals. If they're in the West, they'd probably lose in the conference finals. So it's not a fait accompli, and nobody has a doomsday scenario. But I think what it does is say, you know, we want to compete, but the days of let's push all our chips in for the aging veteran that might get us over the hump, and it depends. You know, it's all based on your leadership and your ownership. Where's the hump? Like, for some teams, getting into the playoffs would make it worthwhile. We have some teams that haven't been to the playoffs in a while. Maybe the bar for them is we need to do what we need to do to make the playoffs. Maybe it's another team to win around. Maybe it's conference finals. So I think what the Warriors have done is they've redefined excellence for this generation of players. And I think what they've also done is they've made what the bar for success is a moving target. Because if you're out there talking about championships – it's probably more rhetoric than it is reality. That's Neil Olshay on Sirius XM. So, Travis, I, I need your help here to, I don't know, reset my mind or yeah. talk me off the ledge because he made some great points and a lot of points that I agree with. But here's where I really love Daryl Morey and his approach. See, Neil Olshay makes a point that there's not one player you can add to your roster to where you can go out and be the favorite to take out the Golden State Warriors. He may be right. He may absolutely be right. There's nothing you can do to slow down the Warriors. They're going to go out and win the championship. Yeah, he may be right, but this is what I love about Daryl Morey. He looks at it and says, you know what? Screw the Warriors. They're not unbeatable. No one's unbeatable. So you know what? We're going to continue to try and improve our roster, and we're going to swing for the fences. We're going to take a gamble, and we're going to go out, and we're going to be aggressive and bring in a guy like Chris Paul. And then on top of that, we're also going to explore ways to go out and bring in Paul George. I like that aggressiveness i like that approach instead of sitting back and saying you know what there's nothing we can do so we're going to continue to look at the long-term approach with the team i i I just don't like the mindset where it's like well we just got to be patient we can't really attract free agents we got to build through the draft to do this and do this and do this i just credit daryl morey for the aggressive approach and the mindset that says we can beat the warriors it's going to take a lot of creative work but we're going to go out and put the players in place to be able to do that so Help me to understand, Trav, how continuing to remain patient and looking at this long-term plan is eventually going to pay off to where instead of talking about the four, five, six, or seven seed, we're looking at a team that can eventually say, you know what, we're ready to go out and take on all challengers because we're in a position to win a championship. Well, look, I got to be very careful the way that I put this. So I want to make sure that I'm answering your question the way you want it to be answered. Are you asking me 
why Blazers fans should be patient right now. Why I or, should be patient. Or why you should, okay. Because, Blazer fans, me, however you want to word it, it doesn't matter because I'm just trying to. Well, the reason why I ask is because Blazers fans don't need to be patient anymore. I, I told you last week that once the draft came and went, if nothing happened, that my patience was waning, if not gone, and I'm fine with Blazers fans not being patient at that point. But if, if you're talking about it from the, the perspective of the Blazers' front office and why Neil O'Shea's plan makes sense, because it does make sense to me. I don't necessarily like it, but it makes sense, and my patience is gone. So I want to make sure that I, I clarify with that, that I'm not just blindly saying I agree with everything Neil O'Shea is doing because that's far from the case. But you look at it from the Blazers' perspective, okay? They made the moves last year for whatever reasons that they did. They were going to lose that money. They weren't going to use it. I don't think there were better free agents that they were going to sign because they went after Chandler Parsons. They made him an offer. He said, you know what? No, I'm going to go to Minnesota or to Memphis. They went after Hassan Whiteside. He said, no, I'm going to stay in Miami. They went to other players. And eventually, and the list last year had seven or eight big men that they tried to bring in. None of them worked out. So eventually they said, okay, well, we got to spend this money. Evan Turner is a decent player, so let's give him that give him that money. Uh, Paul Allen basically told Neil Shea, do what you have to do to keep the players that we have, period, end of story. Okay, now that's, that's on Neil Shea also, but at the same time, if you did not re-sign Allen Crabb and you did not match that, there wasn't going to be another player in his spot. He would just be, it would just be either an empty roster spot or someone at the very end of the bench who was never going to see any playing time. So those things in some ways do make sense. Were they the right moves? Not necessarily. Definitely not with Myers Leonard, but I see where they were coming from on that. In this perspective, they tried to get Paul George. They made an effort. They talked to Indiana, and whatever the deal was made, I don't know what the deal was, but they made an an attempt, and Indiana says that doesn't do anything for us. We're going to go in another direction, which so far they haven't gone in any direction at all. We don't know if they made an attempt at Jimmy Butler. We don't know if they have tried to make other deals, but whatever has happened so far hasn't worked out. So now, Neil Shea has to look at the things that he has done, the way that he has constructed this roster. And that means you have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum in your backcourt, and you have Yusuf Nurkic as your center. You've got your three building blocks, and then a bunch of role players, most of whom are overpaid, although you've got Al Farouk Amino on a very team-friendly contract, You have Mo Harkless on a very team-friendly contract. Okay, and now you've got two rookies, one who you are incredibly high on, one who you think is going to be an an impact player as as a rebounder, and you just hope that they develop. So now, what do you do? Well, Golden State is the best team in the West. I don't think there is a move that they can make that is going to instantly make them even close to contending. So do you make a deal to be better but still not close to contending, to have one good year and sacrifice some things in the future, Neil Shea obviously does not want to do that. Going forward, you want to make this team better, okay? Can you make this team better via free agency? No, you can't. Can you make this team better via via trades without sacrificing some of your future? With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And yes, but those are going to be very, very difficult deals to make. I don't think the Warriors are going to be this Warriors for more than two more years. They're going to start to crack in one way or another. If it's because Klay Thompson has to leave, it's because Draymond Green has to leave, whatever it is, the Warriors will start to come back to the rest of the pack after two more years. This Houston Rockets team, I don't believe that this team will be the way we see them now for more than two years. So he has to trust that all of the things that he has done to this point are on the right trajectory and that those de- those moves will work out. That the bad year from Evan Turner and Al Farouk Aminu and Maurice Harkless, that that regression was a one-year thing that injuries certainly didn't help with and that this year they'll get more out of those players like they thought they were going to last year. And if all of those things happen, this team is a 50-52, to 53-win team this year. And then next year, when Alan Crabb's contract is more tradable or Evan Turner's contract is more tradable, you can make some moves when you've got a better idea of what exactly the pieces that you need to get you to the next level that you have to make. That was a very positive outlook for a New York guy. For an East Coast guy, that's very positive. I try sometimes. If, I, right. if I don't, I'm right with you on the ledge. So, essentially, we're banking on internal development, player development from the guys on the roster. Yes, and Brent tweets in. He says, what I heard Neil say was when the going gets tough, quit. Maybe not quit, but resign yourself to mediocrity. I don't think that's what it is. I think that he's not going to sacrifice anything to make a deal to make this team better but not good enough to contend with the Warriors. That it's not worth sacrificing two or three years from now to make yourselves the second seed in the Western Conference with no chance of going to the Western Conference. And I agree with that part of it. Well, so are, are, we, are we essentially sitting here waiting for internal development, young roster, hoping that Nurk, Dame, CJ, and then the rest of the guys, the rookies, continue to develop so eventually in that three to four to five-year window – three to four or five years down the road, that this group of guys, this core group, is going to be able to go out and compete in the West. Yes, and I'm saying three years from now as opposed to four or five. But the three-year plan is in that third year, you have a much, much, much better idea with Damian and CJ now 28 years old, Nurkic at 24, 25 years old, in his prime, not just entering his prime, but in his prime, with Zach Collins and Caleb Swanigan developing, that at that point, you can make a trade for the piece that's going to get you to the next level. So how long do you, how long do you wait on Dame and CJ to see if those two guys can eventually figure it out together on both ends of the floor? How long is too long? Well, I think one more year is, is more than enough. Uh, because you only trade one of those guys if it's the right player to bring back. And I, I think Jimmy Butler would have been the right player to bring back if you can trade C.J. McCollum for date for uh, uh, for Jimmy Butler, you make that deal. But I don't think that one impact guy is out there. You're not going to trade him for a big because you've got your big. So you have to trade Damian or C.J. and probably C.J. for an all-star caliber four or five who can play defense. And if that pops up now, do the deal now. But you don't do that deal just for the sake of doing a deal because you're sacrificing the long-term success of one of those players for short-term potential success. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I just get tired of patience, potential, 
roster flexibility, all of the key catchphrases that usually flat Neil O'Shea's mouth around this time of year. Yeah, Drives, and drives look, me bonkers. I, I'm sick of it, too. And I, I'm not saying that I'm happy with the direction. I'm not saying that I'm willing to accept everything that's happened. I'm saying now this is where they are. And to get to where they want to be, there is nothing they can do right now to get to that level. And that includes shedding salary because you're still over the cap and you can't make the team better. You can make the contract situation better, but you can't make the product on the floor better. You can in two or three years, or you can at the trade deadline when some of those contracts are a little bit more favorable for other teams to bring back. But you could change the landscape of the roster if you were to be willing to go out and trade CJ. Or Dame, whichever one you think should go and what you can get in return. For yeah, him. and you have to be willing to do that right now, but only for the right piece. You don't make that deal just for the sake of making a deal. No, I'm talking about the right piece. Of course, you're, only, you're not going to give up Dame or CJ if it's not the right piece. The right piece, I do it today. All right. It's just frustrating. Of that, course those deals is. last summer sucked. They were awful. But Evan I don't... Turner, Alan Crabb, and, and Myers Leonard are an albatross. I believe that Evan Turner will have a better year. I believe that uh, Alan Crabb will have a better year and that Al Farouk Aminu will have a better year. I don't believe that Myers Leonard is going to have a better year. How much better of a year? I don't know. But I do believe they will have a better year. It's still not anywhere near getting you to a championship, but it's a little bit better. And what that also does is if they do have success this year, it makes them a whole lot more tradable. Because maybe there is a team out there that really needs shooting. And if Alan Crabb is a better year, you can trade him with less years on his deal where the money looks a little bit better and he's a more attractive player. Trust trust the process. And I hate to say that because I'm tired of trusting the process. But right now, it's the only thing you can do. All right. I'm in a bad mood now. I don't want to talk Blazers anymore. Trust the process. I. You laid it out for me, and that, that is very helpful, and I appreciate it. But it is frustrating. Of course it is. We did get cash considerations, though. Gosh, it sucks. I'm fired up about cash considerations. Uh, Maybe I can take cash considerations out to dinner. Ca- I, uh, it's like put put an egg in your shoe and beat it, cash yeah. considerations. All right, we are way over. We got to get to the further review. That is coming up next. You've got the Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on Rip City Radio. Trust me. The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. The local press seems to think we'd save everyone a lot of time and trouble if we just went out and shot ourselves. Now, back to the show. Travis and Chad on Rip City Radio. 524 on the Rip City Drive. Welcome back in on a Wednesday afternoon. If you missed our earlier conversations, we talked with Mitch Lawrence from Forbes and Sirius XM, one of the best in the business covering the NBA. And Adam Clanton from Sports Talk 790 down in Houston uh, talking about the uh, Chris Paul trade coming over from the Clippers to the Rockets. And we're not even at free agency yet, which kicks off Friday night at 9 p.m. Pacific. Exactly. If you missed those, you can find them at Rip City Radio. Com. It is time for the further review. Sometimes we need a second look to get it right. The previous play is under further review. And sometimes we still get it wrong. After further review, the ruling on the field stands. Oh. 
It's time to get under the hood and take a closer view of the biggest stories of the day. All the, all the players are doing now is they're just falling down to get a call. And it's, it's, it's a disgrace to the game of basketball. It's time for the Further Review, presented by Canby Ford on Rip City Radio. Put flags on everybody. That's it. No more tackling. <laughs> Chad, before we get into some of the stuff from uh, the further review in the audio today, I want to I want to clarify something. Uh, I was tweeting back and forth with Brett. He said there's plenty of upsets. Douglas Tyson, U.S. Russia. You have to put yourself in the best position. That means sacri- if that means sacrificing, you do it. And in some ways, I do understand. But at the same time, I don't want to sacrifice the big picture future for a one in a thousand chance of having the ultimate success. And he responds back saying, that's not entirely my point either, but sitting on your hands and spewing spin is, uh, isn't is a process. And we're talking about the Trailblazers and Neil O'Shea, here, yes. right? He said, and we as Blazers fans are crazy to allow it. Well, I don't know how you're, you're not going to allow it because you're not going to get Neil O'Shea fired. Uh, Paul Allen, if he wants to fire Neil O'Shea, he will. And I don't agree with all of the moves that Neil Shea made. I'm not trying to be a Neil Shea apologist. That's not what this is. I'm looking at today where this team is at right now and not saying what happened before was great. Okay, I'm not saying whether Neil Shea should stay, whether Neil Shea should go. Right now where this team is, the position that they are in now, and looking forward, I don't think there is anything they can do right now today to make this team better and still have a chance in the big picture to win two, three, four years from now. So what I do is not sacrifice your big picture success. But that would be my question. What is his big picture? Because his big picture changes year to year based on the moves that well, he makes that either do or don't work out. I don't think it has, to be honest with you, because I think it's still on that same path. And look, it's very slow. But he's and- gone 54, 50. 44 and 40 wins. So he's not trending in the right direction. He's not trending in the right direction, but after LaMarcus Aldridge left, they tried to rebuild this team. In year one, the team far exceeded expectations and everybody had a career year. So in year two of that, which was last year, some of those players regressed because the year before was kind of an anomaly. And, oh, but those yeah. players are the ones he gave huge money to. Yes, and after they had their career years, some of that is understandable. Well, Farouk was hurt a lot of last year. Evan Turner was hurt a good chunk of last year. Uh, Alan Crabb did not have a successful year, so it was a perfect storm of everything going in the wrong direction. And then you bring Nurkic in, and this team is now trending back in the right direction once again. So... Well, we think they are. He played 20 games for the Blazers last year. Before he arrived, this team was a total disaster. One of the worst defensively, and they were underachieving on all levels. They were the they were the biggest disappointment in the first half yeah. of last year. But the, so, the point is, Chad, is that they were better with Nurkic, right? Yes. Okay, so I expect them to be better with Nurkic this year than they were last year without Nurkic. Yeah, we just don't know how good that's going to be yet right. because we have such a small sample size. I love Nurkic more than anybody I think he's terrific, but outside of two guys, Dame and CJ, the rest of the people on the roster he's given money to are underperforming. Right, and, and I get that. I'm not disputing any of that. But that's I'm, a major concern. It, it is so a major concern. So with that, concern. when you have a number of underperforming players, I just don't know yet how that's going to translate next year, even with the addition of Nurkic. I, I think it's going to be okay, but the rest of the roster outside of three guys, is they're a big question mark. Yes, they are. But my, my point is... 
is for a minute, I'm not looking back because looking back doesn't change this team in the future. So I'm trying to look ahead. And Damian, CJ, Nurkic, that is your core. And you hope that the players that had a down year last year return to what you thought they were going to be. And you hope that your rookies perform the way that you want them to and in two or three years develop into what you expected them to be. So at that point, the plan is that you, in two years, in theory, are better than you were last year with a young team that can only go up. And if that's the case, if you have a a better potential of return for some of those players being traded and you've got a better idea of what that piece is that you need to get over the top, at that point, you've put yourself in a position to make that deal and be better. That's possible. I'm just not... I just don't have a lot of faith that Alan Crabb, Evan Turner, and Myers Leonard are going to figure it out and somehow dramatically improve this upcoming season. And my big concern is your two stars, Dame and CJ, they're two guys that can't defend and are poor defensively. So I just don't know how bright your future is when you talk about this giant big plan. I, I hope that this young group is able to grow together but based on what I've seen over the last couple of years, there are a lot of question marks there. Nurkic is great. He is my reason for optimism and hope. But outside of that, a lot of question marks because in today's NBA, you've got to have guys who can come up with stops occasionally. And right now, we just haven't seen that. I can't see all the guys that had down years last year, including Myers, but more specifically, Alan Crabb, Evan Turner, Al Farouk Aminu, Mo Harkless at times. I can't see all of them having another down year. Even if it's one or two of those guys that performance better than they did last year, that's still an improvement. And again, Evan Turner, after the All-Star break, finally settled in and became an important player on this team and was playing well, and then he got hurt. If he is healthy all year, I expect him to have a significantly better year this year than last year. And maybe that deal that you recognize that you need to make is trading Damian Lillard or C.J. McCollum because that is going to be what puts you over the top, bringing in a two-way uh, wing player who can score and defend, and maybe somebody else is willing to give that up because they need a dynamic guard. Yeah, that's possible. I just think those guys that you mentioned, Al Farouk, Harkless, Crab, Turner, Myers, I just don't think those are very good players. Average at best. They're not great NBA players. Maybe in some spots good role players, but they're not guys with star potential that are going to somehow no. dramatically have a terrific run with significantly improved play. But you don't need them to be stars. You need them to be significant role players. But I don't know if those guys have the quality or the ability to be significant role players that you can depend on for consistency night in and night out based on what we've seen from them. Al Camino will have stretches where he plays terrific, and then he'll go through stretches where he doesn't hit the shot, he has turnovers, makes mistakes. Same thing with Harkless. Alan Crabb, he's hot and cold with a three-point shot, depending on if he's at home or on the road. I just don't know if those guys are ones you can depend on for consistent play sure. that you need to win games in the NBA, especially the Western Conference. All of those guys and Ed Davis the year before were a lot more consistent. So I'd like to think that at least one of those guys... Well, it's possible. I'm just saying, when you look at those guys' career, their numbers over the course of their career, you have a pretty good idea of what every player is about. The year that Al Farouk had two years ago was not his normal play. He's a below 30% three-point shooter. He's probably going to be somewhere in that area for the rest of his career. So I hope you're right. Maybe you can get some improved play. Maybe the arrival of Nurkic and having him for a full season, he'll make everyone around him better. I hope that's the case. I just know that in the West... 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, you've got teams with a lot of talent. And if the Blazers aren't going to get some of these other guys to step up outside of the big three... They're going to have struggles in, yes. in certain spots. They absolutely are. But I don't see a move that's going to make this team better today because nobody wants to take back Alan Crabb, Myers Leonard, or Evan Turner. That's true. But if you were willing, and I don't think Neil O'Shea is, to put C.J. McCollum on the market available, you might see what might be possible to do right. or what might you, be, you might be able to get done. And at some point, he's going to have to because, well, if you can't win with these guys – then you're going to have to do something. It is 5.33 on the Rip City Drive. Earlier today, we talked to Mitch Lawrence, and he talked about one of the reasons why he thinks the Clippers traded Chris Paul today. If it's Jerry West who came in there and told Steve Ballmer, because Jerry West is now advising them, you can't give Chris Paul, Chris Paul a fifth year, we got to move on, good move. I think that makes sense, Chad, because... Four or five years from now, that last year of, of his con- last year or two of his contract, $40 million is going to be too much for him. And you haven't won with him. And it's going to limit your flexibility of how you can make this roster better in L.A. So in a lot of ways, I think it was a smart move. Well, possibly, but let me throw this out there at you. Let's say that you give him the fifth year. And let's say that fifth year he regresses and he's not worth that type of cash. What about the first two, three, or four years of the deal where if he's in L.A., he's a power player in the NBA, he might be able to re- recruit LeBron or somebody else. Would it not be worth sacrificing that final year and giving him a fifth year so that you can keep him so that next year when you have LeBron and other big-name free agents available that Chris Paul, along with Jerry West, can be a part of that recruiting battle? Potentially, yes. But at the same time, you give him the money that he wants, $40 million. You've got 24 tied up in DeAndre Jordan. That's $64 million. Let's say you give 30 to Blake Griffin. That's $94 million. And guess what? You don't have any room to sign LeBron. That's possible, but like we found with Daryl Morey, there are creative ways to make things happen with the salary cap. Mitch Lawrence also talked about having Chris Paul and James Harden playing the same backcourt. I think the big thing is we're all wondering who the third player is going to be. Everybody thinks now they got a shot at Paul George. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if they have the pieces to go get Paul George, if they have to get another team involved. But anytime you go to war with Chris Paul and James Harden, That is an amazing combination. We'll just have to see who they add and how that plays out. It's interesting because Paul George's name is the one that is out there the most. I don't know who else would make sense. Maybe Carmelo Anthony and, you know, the Knicks still want to get rid of Carmelo Anthony. But you're going to have to deal somebody like a Ryan Anderson or an Eric Gordon. Yeah, I I just love Daryl Morey's approach. He's aggressive. If it's not Paul George, it could be Carmelo. He is trying to do anything and everything he can to put himself in a position to challenge the Warriors. I respect that. And in terms of those two guys, Paul and Harden on the floor together, I think it will work out. Mike D'Antoni's an offensive genius. Steve Kerr adopted a lot of his principles in the offense he runs at Golden State. He found a way to get four all-stars who are all great to share the basketball. I think D'Antoni will be able to do that with two willing passers who can both play off the ball as well. Adam Clanton, Sports Talk 710 in Houston, also joined us. It's also talked about Chris Paul and James Harden. Obviously, it's a, it's a stellar backcourt, and uh, the the more 
I guess each minute passes, the more or the less, I guess I should say, I'm worried about, you know, two ball dominant guards making it happen because I, I doubted Mike D'Antoni and, and the coaching hire, and they made that work pretty well. And I feel like star power is a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah, having as much star power as you can certainly is a good thing. But the- he was very reserved for a Rockets guy. I yeah. was surprised. He, I guess, you know, maybe his concern is exactly what you brought up, Travis, that it's great to have those players, but what are you going to have in terms of role players around those guys who can come off the bench and make a contribution? Yeah, and I think the, the biggest question, though, still is you've got two guys whose job is to run the offense, and James Harden had the best year of his career last year when Mike D'Antoni moved him to be the point guard with the ball in his hands. How does it work? Share the basketball. You have two willing passers. The great thing about Chris Paul is, is that He's a great spot-up shooter. You're going to have to double-team one of those guys. So Harden or Paul, along with the other guys on the floor, are going to have open shots, Trav. And then I also think that, you know, maybe that will be helpful. Those two guys last year exhausted and fatigued by handling the basketball, being the primary ball handler for their team. Well, now they can mix it up a little bit. Harden can handle the ball sometimes. And then Chris Paul can uh, play off uh, play, uh, play off the ball and look for his open opportunities. And then they, they can change roles like that. I think it will work out okay. And again, if you've got... Paul and Harden and Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon. You've got four guys with Capella to clean up the glass who could shoot all at the same time. I don't know if it's going to work or not. I think it will, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, to see how Dan Tony with those type of pieces will, will make it work on the floor together. Chad Rockets fans woke up to some really good news today. Yes. So did I though, because Phil Jackson is gone from New York. The Knicks and Phil Jackson have agreed to mutual, mutually agreed to part ways. I didn't think this was going to happen. I thought Phil would, would uh, work out the rest of his contract, but I would imagine as a Knicks fan, I can't speak for you. I don't care about the Knicks, but for you, knowing what that franchise has been through and how Phil Jackson destroyed the Knicks, how does it feel to know that you have a chance to get a clean slate with a guy who might be able to come in and turn things around? Look, Phil Jackson did not destroy the Knicks. I find that very offensive, Chad. Because the Knicks were destroyed long before Phil Jackson got there, okay? The house was burnt to the ground. He just came in and pissed on the ashes. So it's James Dolan. It's James Dolan. Who is going to replace Phil Jackson? This is what Mitch Lawrence had to say. He's looking for a guy like Masai Ujiri, who's done a nice job, a very good job at Denver and Toronto. He has a history with him because when Jim Dolan was going behind Donnie Walsh's back, Donnie Walsh was ostensibly his general manager, but Jim Dolan was the one who was conducting and engineering the Carmelo Anthony trade, orchestrating that. He was dealing with Masai Ujiri. They've made other deals before with Toronto, including for Bargnani a couple of years ago. So the Knicks have a track record with Masai Ujiri, and that's the guy they're apparently going after. Well, that would be nice. I would certainly take him there in New York. But, Chad, as long as James Dolan has been in New York, things have not gone well. Okay, In, in 1999, they got to the finals, and they had that team with Patrick Ewing aging. That had Allen Houston and Latrell Sprewell and Marcus Camby and Larry Johnson. And they go to the finals and have this magical run from the eighth seed. And it was one of the most fun times as a Knicks fan. But since then, awful move after awful move after awful move after awful move. And I don't need to get into all of them again. I just don't have faith that he's going to be able to hire the right guy back off and let him do his job. That's really going to be the key. I just think the guy needs to worry less about winning the press conference and focus on finding the right basketball guy 
to step in and take over and then do exactly what you did with Phil. James Owen hired Phil and backed away. He needs to hire the right guy and back away again, but this guy needs to focus on doing whatever it takes to get this team back on track. I think Yajiri would be a great hire. Certainly would be. He's well-respected around the league, Travis, and uh, he's done a great job at Denver, also Toronto. I think if they were able to score him, assuming he wants to go there and have a chance, because think of it this way. If you're an executive, if you go to New York and you turn that around under those conditions where the franchise is at right now, you can write your ticket to anywhere. There are guys who are incredibly talented who want to take on that challenge. Because if you get the Mecca back to the Mecca, um, you're going to go down in history as one of the all-time greats. Look, it's not that hard in the Eastern Conference to build a team that can compete. No. But he can't even make the playoffs. Especially in that market with the type of resources that you have and playing in that building. That's a special place, even if Dolan has done his best to try and make people forget about the Knicks. There's still a chance because you're the, the Knicks, a lot like the Lakers and other key franchises in the NBA, Travis, with the right leadership, it won't take long for them to get back on track. But it's going to be key for Dolan to hire the right guy and get the heck out of the way. The Knicks have won one playoff series this century, Chad. One. That's not good. No, it's awful. That is your further review. Uh, that So in 17 years... One playoff series. One playoff series. Yes, that was in 2013. They beat the Celtics in the first round in six games. Well, maybe it's not so bad to trust the process here in Portland. I'll take that over what you're dealing with with the Knicks. They've been to the playoffs, what, three times since 2004. So bad. Coming up next, Chad and I are going to party in a few weeks. Tell you all about it. Is that the bachelor party coming up? the bachelor party. Ooh, Trav about to get married. You got to tell me what's going down. I got to know what the plan is here. You got the Rip City Drive. The Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. Travis and Chad on Rip City Radio. So my man Travis is going to be married soon. When's the date? Coming up in August, right? August 12th. All right. We've got the uh, bachelor party coming up in a few weeks. So yeah, man. What's on tap? You haven't really broken it down for me, so I don't know what the uh, schedule is and what the plan is. Well, my buddy Steve is going to be planning this one out. Have uh, I met this guy, Steve? Yes. He was at the mock draft party, and he's the guy who came in with his little boy, uh, oh, Remington, yeah. that cool one day. Cool dude. Okay, I'm down with Steve. So, it's, uh, I mean, it, it, we're not going to get crazy with this, okay? It's it's going to be, we'll have a good time. So, we're going to play some golf first. That'll be the first part of the day. Uh, and then we'll we'll go get some dinner, and then uh, go have some fun up at that new casino up there, that Elon A Casino. I haven't been to that spot yet. That's just a little bit north of where I live, actually. Yeah, it's in uh, it's in Ridgefield, so that should be pretty pretty easy for you to to make that trip. Yeah, I think it's maybe five to ten minutes up the freeway from where I live, assuming the traffic is not a disaster. Right. No, it's nice. You drive by the complex, the whole setup. It looks like they've done a pretty darn good job there. Are Are you much of a golfer? Yes. I the problem is with radio and. And, you know, heck, people know this with work. It's like I love golf, but work gets in the way of golf. Because in order to play golf and to do it the right way, it requires time. But what I love most about golf is being able to play with my dad. And that's one of the great things about the game is as you age and get older, you can still go out and play. So my favorite thing to do is to get 18, go out and play with my pops, or 
Sometimes if you go out for the early uh, rise, you can join a, a threesome, make a foursome with usually great dudes. Guys you don't know, but over the course of 18 holes, oh, you get a sure. chance to know them. Go, golf's really cool like that. And that's the other thing, too, Chad, is I, I grew up playing with my dad. And, look, I, I've never claimed to be very good at golf. It's, it's fun. And, yes, the, this job, and especially now that I'm working longer days, uh, I don't have time to get out there. I played last Saturday morning. And I played the Saturday evening the week before that. That's that's it for this year. The last time I played before that was like maybe last like June or something like that. But uh, I, I grew up playing with my dad. And I don't get to play with him very often anymore because he lives in New York. And every time that I go back to New York during the summertime, there's always a lot to do. The last two years, we had tea times, but it rained both days and we couldn't get out there. So on the, the day of the wedding... On August 12th, that morning, the uh, all the groomsmen are going to play golf with my dad and with Hannah's dad. So oh, we, so they're coming back from the East Coast for the wedding. Yeah, of course. They'll, they'll be here for the wedding. So that, cool. that morning, the wedding's at like 530. That Where are you guys mor- going to golf at that day? I don't know yet. Uh, we're we're going to do nine because, you know, if, if we get out there even at like 10 o'clock and nine, we're, we're not going to be back till four. So I want to make sure we get out there, play nine, not 18 have some lunch out there, and then go back to my place. All the guys will, you know, get ready, have a good time, and uh, then head over to the wedding. All right. Low-key, hanging with the boys, a little golf, a little action up north at the casino. That works. Yeah, and if... if, if no I'm, wild party, no craziness going on, no nah, scandalous man. activity? I, I have I have mellowed out quite a bit. I don't, I don't do the stuff that I did when I was in my early 20s. I'm 35 years old now, and, you know, I, I don't want to wake up. I mean, I'll, I'll have some drinks for sure. But I don't want to wake up the day after and feel like I just got hit by a bus. Yeah. I've noticed as I've gotten older that I can't recuperate as quickly from certain activities as I could when I was younger. Yeah, you exactly. You don't bounce back. My, I'm so regular with sleep, with new, all these, the water, the nutrition, all this stuff. It's like everything is always in order for me. And when I, I venture outside of that, my body's just like, look, bro, we've got an agreement here, a system, and you just threw this into a, you threw a wrench into it. And look, I, I, I can, well, I'm still gonna have a good time, but I'd actually like to be able to remember the bachelor party, so I don't want to have like you know 25 drinks and then uh, spend half the night in the bathroom throwing up. Yeah, that's probably good. And that that was my role. I was the best man at my brother's wedding, so at his bachelor party, I was basically. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know if babysitter is the right word, but I, my job was to make sure that people didn't get themselves into compromised positions and to make sure they were safe sure. throughout the night. Uh, you are also going to get a chance to meet my best man. He will not be at the bachelor party because he's coming from Virginia, but the the best man, F.U. Kevin. Oh, that guy? Yeah. So uh, about a, a year ago, no, this is two years ago, I was the best man in his wedding, and I was flying across the country to go to his wedding. And he told me that if I wanted to bring a plus one, that I would have to pay for their meal. So I was very, very upset about that. And I had a few too many to drink that night. And I started punching my buddy, Chris, who's bigger than me and stronger than me. And he's active military. And he apparently just let me punch him. And I started yelling at him, calling him Kevin, saying, F you, Kevin. Because he was going to make me pay for my date's meal, even though I was flying across the country to be his best man. And now that nickname is stuck. He's F.U. Kevin. Well, it sounds like low-key might be the best option for you. Yeah, you're, you're darn right it is. All right, big thanks to our guests, Mitch Lawrence and Adam Clanton. And to all you listening out there, thank you.
We'll be back on it tomorrow, scouring the landscape to keep you up to date on what's happening before free agency kicks off on Friday. It's 554 Rip City Drive with Travis and Chad on the voice of Portland Sports Rip City Radio. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.